Hi everyone, Rainy here. There was a little bit of an audio issue at the beginning of this stream to recording uh, for podcast purposes, so I'm going to let you know that if you want to catch that 30 seconds of banter that you're missing here, you can go watch it on our YouTube, but otherwise I'm going to pick it up right here, and you can enjoy the first session of our Crossroads Carnival series. Crossroads Carnival is by Kate Bullock. So if you like what you see here today, hoping we do it justice, you know, show Magpie and the creator Kate some love. Yeah. Uh, Crossroads Carnival is a, as it sounds, it is a carnival-based game uh, that is set in 1930s Dust Bowl America during times of extreme drought, extreme poverty, and extreme adversity. It is a dark game uh, bordering on horror. I am running it, so a little more than bordering on horror. Um, and uh, has a themes about the oncoming apocalypse. Um, In our particular session, uh, due to the improvisational nature of RPGs, it is impossible to predict everything that might come up, but I can give you a few content warnings right now that are most likely to come up. Uh, The big one of which for this particular adventure and series is violence and abuse toward children, non-sexual. And then you can also expect, you know, general violence, themes of misogyny, um, body horror, Judeo-Christian religious horror, emotional violence, uh, mental illness, things like that. Uh, (laughs) As in most historical games that I run, we are hand-waving the sort of uh, historical racism, misogyny, homophobia of the time. You may play characters of any race, gender, creed, and not experience that within the realm of the game. So... We will get started. We're going to do a little bit of character creation first. Uh, Character creation for Crossroads Carnival is super simple. Um, So we're going to create our characters collaboratively. Everybody here is playing a sideshow act in the Crossroads Carnival. It's a traveling carnival that's been touring Dust Bowl America, getting its pennies where it can, and also confronting the various darknesses that it finds in these troubled small towns. Um, And as you will see, all of our characters are playing sideshows which is a masquerade for the uh, real monstrousness that they all contain. Let us uh, get started with a brief introduction. Everybody, if you want to introduce your character's name and playbook, and then we will fill out the, uh, the collaborative parts and such. I will be right back. Who's starting us off then, Amber? Christian, you're at the top of my screen. Oh, yeah, fine. Pick on me again. (laughs) Kind of aggressive, Amber, whatever. Um, Start with the most lich-like and then go to the least (laughs) lich-like. The oldest. (laughs) We're going to start with the oldest, go to the youngest. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I am playing Fenemy, uh, who is a seer. Uh, So the seers are basically fortune tellers. Uh, So how deep do you want me to go on this, Amber? Because I got some backstory here already. Uh, go ahead and introduce your backstory, then we'll so, do that. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, the Sierra is a fortune teller. They have, you know, a mystical ability to see within people's souls or to see the future. Uh, and I'm going all in on that. I'm actually playing Fenemy was the, historically, the first of the oracles at Delphi, and she was believed to be the daughter of Apollo. So I am a immortal oracle from Delphi, uh, and I am now fallen really far from grace and I'm telling fortunes with the traveling show in Dust Bowl America. And uh, that's, that's my character. Fenemy. Yes. You are the next most aged and wise and wizened. <laughs> wizened. Me. I'm next. 
Yep, we're going oldest to youngest. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my friend just texted me emergency, and the emergency was that the store was out of pumpkin pie. I was like, what the heck? Are they wrong, though? Is your friend wrong? No, I mean, they're not, not. not. Thanksgiving and there's no pumpkin me. pie? Okay, not enough to call emergency. me and then text me emergency. <laughs> I thought it was an like, actual thing. Get Apple. <laughs> oh, he's allergic to Apple. Hey, oh. first time chatter. Hello, yeah. welcome. Okay. Welcome. Uh, yeah. All right, reselling myself. Uh, I guess I'm the next oldest. Up. Okay. Um, hi, uh, my character's name is Joan. Uh, I am playing a dog-faced, the dog-faced. So she's um, basically like a wolf person type of situation, just very, very hairy. She's got like a... Uh, like, um, kind of like grayish brownish muddied hair she's very very like frazzled and scruffy she's got like a mullet she wears like an overall with like a white t-shirt and like one like sleeve it. off the overall um her name is joan is uh, this nads <laughs> no no she's actually she's very kind she's super playful she loves playing pranks on people um she's super loyal uh she's all about just like being loyal to like the circus and being kind to people. And uh, that is Joan. Uh, did you go through? Did we go through the full? No, we're doing brief introductions. Yeah. I did not physically describe Fenemy. So if I could step back for a minute, uh, Fenemy is looks to be in her somewhere between like 50 and 60. Uh, but it's, but it's a, a very, thanks Jess, a uh, very, well aged 50 or 60. I didn't say anything. Uh, yes, she said Ooh, oh. old is what you said. Okay, yeah, but like I didn't mean that. Like I said older. Older. Well, there's a reason for that historically, if you want me to really get into it, but I won't. Um she's got like just steel gray hair. Uh it's perfectly straight. Usually she wears it up in like her traditional like costume uh with a headdress. But when she's just kind of chilling and not doing a show, it's very, very straight. Uh she's uh look is one of the things I chose as mystic. I wouldn't say she's uh, beautiful, but there's something very striking and otherworldly about her. Uh, and she carries herself well, not aloof. She's approachable, but she's also not someone who's um, like very down to earth. Okay, I'm done now. Uh, Kent, you are the next artist. Hi, I'm Kent, by the way. Special guest oh, Kent returning oh yeah, once shit. again. Yeah, sorry. Kent again. Yeah. <laughs> Kent has been here now for the third time, so <laughs> at this point, I'm like, I forget to introduce honorary Kent. DMs after dark members. Bench warmer <laughs> DMs after dark. Yep. <laughs> um, I am playing the uh, the strong man, uh, Sander. <clears throat> he is uh usually dresses in as the the general uh, the standard strongman attire like overalls uh white shirt um like he's got like the short uh shortcut overalls a lot of denim in this crew (laughs) yeah this is this is a florida man yeah florida man show here I'm just picturing Paul Bunyan. I know that's not right, but that's what I'm picturing is Paul Bunyan. <laughs> okay, but like, I'm also picturing like my clothes are like super baggy and like Sandor's clothes are just like, like his white t-shirt is just super small. And like, it's straining to within an inch tiny, of yeah, super he, tiny. He also overall. buys ones that are, he buys like larges when he really needs the extra, extra large. So he looks like, you know, a little more like. <laughs> like when I would like put your small. shirts on. Yeah, that, that's his act. Them. He puts on his sister's clothes and then bursts out of them. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Oddly gosh. specific. Strange that you bring that up. Okay. 
but he, he's a uh, he is a very large individual. He uh, does wear the if anyone remembers the the or knows of the stereotypical just like body uh, like bodybuilder like circus strongman outfit. It's usually that. Um, he. I'll, I'll leave it at looks for now. Mm. He, he's about mid-20s, I'd say. Right. So just to be clear, Kent, you are a human then? or I am a human, yes. Okay. Ronnie Swoleman. So oh far. God. If Kent starts pounding cocaine, <laughs> that would be doubt, phenomenal. Your special move, <laughs> choke on a sweet potato, is always available. <laughs> No, we need Kent for Team Wholesome. We keep losing things. You know, no. I think actually Kent is Team Wholesome. Kent is yeah, wholesome. we he get is. another one. Yeah, I disapprove this message. Uh, Troy, <laughs> you, are, you are the next. I oldest. disapprove. <laughs> Too bad. I love it. Um. All right. So, uh, my character's name is Levi. Levi is playing the geek in the carnival. Um, Levi is a fallen angel. So he is also someone who is immortal. He was, uh, according to Judeo-Christian religion, he was literally there when Lucifer was cast down from heaven with the rest of the angels that rebelled. He was there when that happened. And he has been around ever since. Um, my sideshow performance is, um... We'll get into the sideshow performances at opening scene. Oh, okay. So yep. we won't. We're actually okay. going to do them, yeah. Okay. Um, yep. In that case, um, just to tell you a brief description of my character. Um, so Levi is very, very tall. He's like just under seven feet tall, but he is completely emaciated. I mean, he is like, if he were a human, he would be dead. Like he is com- incredibly gaunt. He has no muscle or anything except for just bone and skin on his body you can see all of his ribs you can see like it's it's bad right his face is incredibly gaunt um and that's kind of supposed to be a representation of the kind of how he's been cast from grace essentially um uh his eyes are something that is very um that's kind of the only thing that he has that still bears any semblance of like his celestial heavenly um origins they are these radiating like gold irises that like they glow um and they're under your character creation it has different like looks origins eyes that kind of stuff one of the words that it uses to describe is penetrating so that's going to be kind of um the eyes that levi has um yeah i think that's pretty much it levi and finally, the baby of the group. The baby. Sarah. <laughs> I am the baby. Uh, <laughs> Dinosaur. And tonight I'll be playing the, the slutty up. bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I'm playing the uh, snake dancer. Is that the specific? Snake charmer. Snake charmer. Charmer. snake charmer. Snake dancer is kind of what she does. Um, mm-hmm. so she, uh, her name is Geva. Um, she is... Um, average average height but her build is very particular in that she is tna and it's on purpose and she knows it uh and what she, is tna 
Tits and ass, Troy. Tits and ass, oh. I, I, no, thank you for asking because I did okay. not know either. I was trying to figure I really it out. didn't know, Jess. Oh, oh my god. That's so That's funny. awesome. I... TNA all so day, Ipa. baby. Got it. Ipa. Ipa. No, Ipa was a brick. Ipa was tall. Ipa was like a brick shit house. Ipa was buff. Was buff. Yeah. Ipa yeah. had tits and ass, okay. but it's because that's how big she was. Like, if you know, like, Zarya from Overwatch, like, that's Ipa. Gotcha. It was the squats. I gotcha. Gave us, like, five foot five, five foot six, maybe, and then... But her build is very pristine, and she clearly, despite, like, the world around her, she takes very specific care of herself. Mm. Um, her snake is a, her snake's name is Mahela. Uh, she nice. is a very large golden python. Um, mm. And the two are, like, never seen apart, ever. Wow. Um, yeah, that like has this. kind of middling length black hair that has a slight wave to it. Um, and if you think of any, like, traditional, like, belly dancer outfit, she tends to favor those, especially in golds and yellows, to match Mahela. Mm-hmm. All right. Fantastic. We got a great crew. Y'all are in for a treat. All right. We'll start with character creation here. You, most of you have pretty good conceptual ideas and whatnot. Um, did you want to go over the actual uh, little origin and looks pieces, even though we've already described, or move on to the next part? Like the pitch card, you mean? Yeah. Um, uh, we can if we can go over. We can just kind of pick the description that they offer that we chose yeah, to represent. Yeah, give you an idea of character creation. So, Crossroads yeah. Carnival, your sheet comes with um some some uh, choices, kind of visual choices for your character, and some origin choices, or you can make up your own. You can always choose something else to give you an idea of where to start. Um, and that's the first step to character creation. If uh, we just want to go down, uh in order again oldest to youngest just the words that you chose or created on your own so first one is name yeah sure. uh so again Fenemy. uh Fenemy, uh i took the mist mystic as a look i uh, just chose that right off the thing uh her eyes are ancient because like me she's ancient and um the, 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 the origin i made it my own she's a demigod she's a daughter of apollo so uh she is of semi-divine origin okay. and she's been around a long time in this fortune telling game and uh, for my indulgence, I chose opium. All right. Yes, every character has some sort of indulgence or vice. It's a thing that they crave, and it should be darker themed. It is something that they should be actively resisting for one reason or another, but speaks to them. <laughs> so I'm a hand in you a knife here, Amber. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so part of my, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but my monster within and just, just the nature of being a seer is you see things right? Um, including things you probably don't want to see. And, and she's always kind of trying to stay one step ahead of these visions. And it, sometimes she has to fulfill them, but other times she's trying to prevent them. Uh, and I would like to think that because opium is a hallucinogenic, that's a reprieve from her from seeing things that will come to be. She just gets to see some shit that she knows isn't there. Nice. <laughs> Interesting. Or it helps mu- even muddle the things that you see, so you're not sure what's going to be and what's so, not going to be. And then so, so she finally has, so she it. doesn't have the surety, right? She wants, yeah. the, she wants, so she wants to. Be, oh, I like that even better. Well, she wants to be in ambiguity in life that she never has. Yes, I we love all know that. the paradox of the oracle, right? Does yep. it? Does the oracle see it because it's going to happen, or does it happen because the oracle has seen it? Yep, I love that. And has done or said something. Yep, I love that. Good, very uh, good. Uh, just keep going if you want, because or, uh, some of these. Are, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, do you want to do each character all the way through? We can do that. 
I would say, because some yeah, of the pitch card stuff that. I can answer right away. Like, well, how did you end up at the carnival? Uh, I would think that this is probably just another one in a long line of these traveling shows. She's been a part of uh, these shows stretch back all the way to history. When everything ended at Delphi, uh, she probably just joined one and has traveled the world and done that and been a fortune teller to kings and queens forever. Been a uh, carny so for all time. <laughs> she's an old, she's a carny from way Ever back. Ever since you left the temple. <laughs> Ever since I left the temple. Uh, how, why are you fighting on the side of humanity? That's an interesting one. Uh, probably because um, she's seen some, a lot of really, really bad things among the powerful people of the world, especially when she was at the height of her power way, way back. Now though, she spends a lot of time with common people and I would say she fights on the side of humanity because she sees the good in common people. It's the little people, the little people, really, uh, that she sees that she likes. Uh, why don't you give into your monstrous nature? Because of the little people. Goes back. Uh, what sinister destiny is trying to claim you? I had one idea here. Okay, so it's the thirties. Yes, well, we're starting in 1938. Um, what, oh, so this is perfect. Okay, what Sinister Destiny is trying to claim? This is actually perfect then if it's 1938. Uh, some bad stuff has happened in Germany in 1938. That's going to become very bad within the next seven or eight years. And those people were really, really obsessed with the occult. Yes. So I think a Sinister Destiny would be if they wanted her Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. You're being headhunted by the worst kind of By fans. the Nazis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm not sure about the last one. What lingering spirit haunts you and why? It's got to be one. something from the original, something from when you still believed yourself mortal, right? It's gonna yeah, be yeah you know, let me, let me come back to that one then. Because that, that would be the that. best. That would be the best. Or maybe it's like a like a continual vision that you can, like, See a vision that's the one vision she doesn't understand maybe yeah and it, it's it's some spirit or something that's that's you can't understand it yet but it's always visiting you you know i'm gonna Backward. interrupt really quick to say thank you to the anonymous gifter who gifted two subs one to me and one to my friend uh oh, so nice appreciate it. thank you so much for supporting the stream thank you thank you thank you much that's love. awesome Hold yeah woo woo uh, yeah, I, you know, I like that idea, Jess. Uh, if it's cool uh, with you, Amber, I will run with that. A unknown vision has what haunted her all the way back. Yeah, let's uh, let's do down to pitch card for everyone, and then we'll do the sideshow. Yeah, um, that's fine. Allies and connections, so we'll all know more about each other before we choose. All right. Uh, Jess. Yeah, sure. Uh, so there's a list of names here. I also made my own name, which is Joan. Um, I went with Scruffy for her look. Uh, gentle eyes. Um, origin was she was born under a full moon. And indulgence, I didn't go really, really dark for this one. Um, I just kind of went with the theme in that she's just always hungry. And so she's always munching on something. She has a super sweet tooth, but she's always just eating something. What? You know what I'm going to want you to eat. <laughs> you already know. Oh, boy. I actually yes. don't. I'm not going to. Oh, can you don't. not? Oh, my God. I, I know. know. Everybody <laughs> else here Kibbles knows. Kibbles and bits. Is it like a baby humans. or something? Of people. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> people, Jess. The answer is always oh, people. Chris oh. and I are always making eat people jokes. <laughs> 
I didn't think this would apply here. I don't You're know. You're a werewolf. <laughs> Whatever. She's always hungry. I meant like she's chewing on a candy cane or something. Hungry yeah. Like the wolf. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, so for a pitch card, how did you end up at the carnival? So this is a little bit meta, but she was born under a full moon. And uh, like the old school dog faced, it was like a genetic, Amber and I kind of talked about this, but it was like a, a genetic I don't know what the word is, misnomer or something like that. But they, they're they born, trait? yeah, or they they grow up with just, like, excesses of, of amounts of hair, like, all over their body, like, on their face, on their arms, um, all over their body. Um, so I imagine she was born with just maybe a lot of hair right off the bat, and uh, she, like, bit one of her siblings or she bit someone. And so they left her, they dropped her off at the circus, like a baby on the side of the road. Uh, so she grew up on the carnival. Oh, you were raised here. This is your family family, the only one you've ever known? Correct. Yep. Aw. Uh, why are you fighting on the side of, humani- of humanity? I did the same thing kind of as Christian. It's just kind of not maybe not every stop that the carnival made, but at lots of the stops, she always just saw like a little bit of kindness that someone gave to her. or so- She saw that to someone else. So she believes in fighting on humanity. Uh, why don't you give into your monstrous nature? She uh she's not always in control when she turns into her monster side, and she's definitely hurt people by accident before and hurt some of her friends before, so that's why she doesn't. Uh, she tries her best not to change. Uh, what do you chase even though it will be your death? Um, so for this, I mean, I guess it could have been. I don't know, but uh, she when she like goes with the traveling carnival and stuff like that, she's like out here to like create this like ultimate pack. So she steals a bunch of pets from, like, the different towns she goes to. She liberates a bunch of pets. So she steals a bunch of people's dogs. <laughs> she breaks into their homes and steals their dogs. <laughs> nice. And uh, what does your transformation cost you each time you change? And I just went with a broken bone. So every time she changes, something ends up broken. And that's oh, so when you change back, one of the things does not change correctly and you have a broken bone? Yes. Interesting. I like it. Hmm. Yep, that is Joan. All right. Uh, Kent. <clears throat> so I am, again, playing, I'm playing the strong man. I did choose uh, Sander from the list of names that is on the list. Uh, for looks, I chose in, uh, Imposing. He's just a large, very strong looking individual. He's tall very muscular he's built like at this time he probably should be working in a mine but he's not doing that instead he's uh he has been a uh strong man for most of his uh adult working career there uh and whatnot his uh for eyes i chose painful and i will be i'll i'll be (laughs) getting uh into that with my origin. My origin is actually he's cursed by a bitter rival. Mm. And the way that I kind of went with this, because I know the, the the with the strong man, his his m- main thing is uh, his move, first move is the strength of ten men, and accompanied that is rage. But I'm thinking that uh, he was cursed actually by a, another strong man who he was always outperforming, outshowing, and the 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 guy just got sick of it and he he cursed him and 
an interesting thing that he cursed him with was actually uh, boundless natural strength. So like he was already strong to begin with, but what he cursed him with was like unrestrained. Like I can't control my own strength. So you like can't drink a tortilla chip. You can't you, like, hold a cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hold oh, oh. You crush everything. Take my baby. Mm, I'd rather not. <laughs> I, I can't hold. I can't hold people. Like I accidentally break people all of the time. So like in the circus, he like does his act, but he generally stays away from other people after the fact. Gosh, never mind people. Like you probably broke all of our doors. Like going in and out of doors, like they're all just broken. Just rips them right off the thing. He's not allowed to open doors. Somebody has to open a door for him. It's kind of like one of those things where, like, you, you, uh, like, at like regularly, you, you gauge something is like, oh, this is going to be this heavy, so I need to put this much strength into it, and like, (sighs) and yours is broken. (laughs) His gauge is very broken. Jumps over a tiny puddle, leaves a crater, like. It's like the Hulk just like jumps over the puddle, but it's like pfft, he's in the next the county. Hulk? Yeah, <laughs> Hulk just jumps really far. Yeah, that's his thing. So like he he just he can't control his his strength, and actually his uh, the rage was born from that fact. The frustration. Uh, like Interesting. Not being able to control it, not being able to like uh hold be in contact with another without hurting them. <laughs> Uh, his indulgence, apt for the time, is just alcohol. Right, classic, it's, classic. <laughs> it's almost like a little worse because, like, you weren't born with this, right? Like, this isn't like you grew up with this life and you learned how to do it. You got cursed, so you knew what it Correct. was like before, and now you have to deal with this randomly. Yeah. Is this during the prohibition, by the way? That might be interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know when the prohibition was. Yeah, revealed. it would be. Yeah, thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I'm pretty, uh, let me think back to when I was running booze. Hold on. Uh, no. I'll just look <laughs> it up. In 1938, was alcohol legal? Do you remember? Uh, you remember? So, Prohibition ended in December of 1933. Yeah, it was the 20s, actually. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. Legal again. That's funny, Troy, because like, I think I asked the exact same question when we played this last time. Yeah, disclaimer, dear viewers, I am not a historian at all. I did a minimal amount of research for this, so I'm going to get stuff wrong. Just roll with it. Just roll with it. I lived it, so it's cool. Just ask me. Uh, Christian, Christian, what do you remember? And then Christian will let us know because he was there. I was. Irrefutable first-person accounts. (laughs) All right. Uh, You introduced your indulgence. Uh, Yeah, your pitch card. So my first question on my pitch card is how did I end up at the carnival? Yep. I, I was already a strong man uh, previously, like I had said. A regular strong man, just that much stronger than P.T. Barnum's strong man, Correct. much yeah. to his detriment. Correct. So after being cursed, I found a carnival with uh, like, not minded. <laughs> like the, outsiders. The, the fringes of society and the shadows. Uh my uh next why are you fighting on the side of humanities i am until very recently i was still part of humanity mm. so i know uh i know that there's a darkness that kind of uh now i know that now, now there's now a darkness that there's there uh to fight and i would like to protect others 
from have you, uh, darkness. Have you perhaps not completely accepted that you are no longer welcome among humanity? A little bit for the fact like that's again uh, a little bit of the rage goes into there like he can't go into town without like breaking something and he usually gets run out of the town for like breaking the doors breaking don't worry same maybe accidentally killing a horse breaking the law (laughs) accidentally (laughs) killing a horse oh god oh no um uh, why don't I give into my uh, monstrous nature? I, I don't want to. I don't want to just be a mindless rage beast wandering the dust bowl of America. You already caused so much harm as like a normal person. Never mind, exactly. like on your rage side. Yeah, it could be just object to her knowing how much damage you would do if you ever really snapped. Yeah, yeah. Stay calm. Got to stay calm. You wouldn't like me when I'm mad. Losing your temper is a privilege that you don't have. (laughs) Uh, My next question is, what about your strength frightens you? And it's that just that, like, I, I can't be around other people. Like, I don't, I'm afraid to interact with the children that would come around and be like, oh, wow, you're so strong. You can like, can you pick me up? No, no, no. You yeet. yeet a small child into the sun. <laughs> he yeeted one child into the sun never again. Icarus? <laughs> a child's better be known. A child. <laughs> He's with his grandpa now. That's right. Her dad. Yeah. So That's awesome. Kind of going along with that is uh, whose innocence did you destroy in your anger? Oh, did you go to... Are you on Sideshow? No, I'm still on my pitch. Oh, okay. Whose innocence? Okay. Yeah, so it's like, whose innocence did I destroy in my anger? It's probably... And it'd probably be like the first time I uh, I had really snapped. I'd got angry. Like, I had that rage that I couldn't control. Uh, It probably could have I was probably a just a spectator in the crowd, like uh, kind of denying the facts, like, oh, he's not that strong. All those uh, the weights are fake. Exactly. <laughs> They're just like hollow. Anyone could do it. And it kind of like struck, struck a wrong nerve. Maybe I, uh, maybe I threw the, the big barbell at him. It's like, here, catch. Oh. Didn't quite, didn't quite uh, kill him, but he's not. Oof. He wasn't quite the same after that. He's got Troy's back now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, Jess, nope, we just did Jess earlier than Ken. Troy, <laughs> Troy, speaking of your back. Oh, uh, and I just thought of this. Another content warning I should have put at the beginning. Um, one of the huge themes of Crossroads Carnival, like as a game, is othering of all kinds. It is very much about insiders, outsiders, others being rejected from society, that sort of thing. So that will be repetitive. <laughs> Troy. Um, so as I mentioned before, I'm playing the geek. Um, I chose my own character name, Levi, which is actually short for Leviathan. So um, throughout many different religions... Um, there is the idea of like an end times and in Judeo-Christian religion, um, 
my character is mentioned in the book of revelations as one of the bringers of um like complete catastrophic destruction on like an unprecedented level so i am like the, the giant dust bowl and swarm like i am <laughs> i am the leviathan of nice. the end times like i will bring like destruction to the world Love so that is, is something that my character <laughs> that is something that my character is very much struggling with um my character uh ev- it seems like for the most part at least humanity and everyone that i deal with um they have the ability of free will and although their destinies have been um you know thought of like they're it is in their hands like they get to determine who they are what they become what they do for me mine is already written in stone so i struggle with that fact that despite what i do despite however much good i can possibly do that the end for me is already ordained and that's something very much that my character struggles with so um his look is hollow both um literally and figuratively um his eyes are penetrating his origin he is a fallen angel um my indulgence i'm not a hundred percent sure on this one yet um if no one has any um better suggestions or if nothing else comes up during gameplay that might be a better fit i was thinking of like literal abuse like i am a like a sadomasochist like i enjoy people punishing me and hurting me and inflicting like physical emotional pain on me because it allows me to feel something um content warning masochism yeah jeez things taking dark turns uh pitch card how did i end up at the carnival i was waiting at a crossroads for something and nice carnival rolled on by um why am i fighting on the side of humanity i think my character is going to have a very special relationship with children specifically um obviously children are mentioned very much in in the bible and i think um children are perceived as being kind of innocent they haven't developed like malicious intent yet um in the bible obviously it says like be like children in like your joy and in your innocence and that kind of stuff so my character has a very special affinity to children he's also envious of them because again they represent everything that is beautiful in the eyes of god and i represent essentially like a mockery of him um why don't i give into my monstrous nature um why haven't you destroyed the world yet yeah i think i think kind of one of the things i fall back on is um the whole preordained thing like i don't have control over anything in this timeline when it happens it happens so for me i think my character in the meantime he is trying to take solace albeit not successfully, but he's trying to take solace in the little good deeds that he can do here and now before he crushes the earth. <laughs> so, um, uh, finish what you're saying, Troy. I'm just looking up Leviathan online as we talk. I was going to give you some information if you wanted for a, for a possible uh, indulgence, if you want. Oh, sure. Yeah. What do uh, you got? Uh, so, uh, Leviathan is associated a lot with water it was actually a uh, sea serpent mm-hmm. in some theology mm-hmm. that was killed and, and given as food to the hebrews when they were lost in the desert 
mm-hmm. and it's associated with Leviathan is often an embodiment of chaos, threatening to eat the damned after their life. Uh, and also it is associated with the deadly sin of envy. So envy a hundred percent reason envy. to have an interesting relationship with the snake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. hundred percent envy. A hundred percent envy, obviously, because I'm envious of literally all of so the, all I was of thinking, humanity like, who envy, has a chance. So you can have an indulgence of envy. This is just um like making shit up here. Uh, but what if you just like were a kleptomaniac? What if you just like stole little things from people? You're like, I like that. Watch, I'm gonna steal it. It's just envy. It's, it's a really little petty thing, and perhaps, you're just like stealing all this stuff. But come on. Uh, I also had an idea. Perhaps you crave people's darkest confessions you want to hear about the worst thing they've ever done or desire you can't not want to hear about it yeah to know if they're sinners i also really like the pain thing i also imagined not pain upon themselves but i also imagined like you i don't know like crushing bugs honestly the other thing that i was thinking the other thing that i was thinking but decided against because i think it might be a little bit too mm, on one side is like a necrophiliac but I don't, I think that might be a little too intense. Yeah. So that's a little bit think, much. Yeah. We do I a lot think, of uh, corpse eating at DMs After Dark, not so much corpse fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I think also, I'll like, stick with the pain thing for now, but I'm definitely a very envious person, specifically of humanity, because they, I, I mean, I'm immortal. I have all of these gifts and these abilities and incredible strength and power and knowledge and all of these things, but none of it matters because I don't have salvation. I lost that. And as far as I know, I'm destined to never have it again. Um, yeah, I, I think the pain one is very fitting. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Well. So I think it's going to be that. Um, and then, so it says, what comfort do you seek in drink and debauchery? Um, I don't think I'm going to be much of a drinker. Um, but the, like I said, the masochism, um, just seeking comfort and pain and physical pain and emotional pain. Um, I don't know what comfort I seek in that. Perhaps helping other people fulfill their unspeakable desires, maybe. Maybe that grants me some comfort. Um, and then I mean, the last one is saying, what promise do I always make and never keep? I think I think I picture Levi saying this a lot to children, like if they're um like sad or like if a kid is lost or crying or something like that. I think kind of his go-to phrase is always is always it's going to be okay. And it's not going to be okay. Mm. God dang. Ooh, that's, that's Levi. Right, all right. Yeah, (laughs) follow that that one up. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing, a little quick, like a little quick um, idiosyncrasy that Levi has is he oftentimes refers to people by like what they do or what they are versus their name. So I picture him calling Christian's character Seer. Um, I picture him calling Sandor um, Nephilim, which biblically the mm-hmm. Nephilim, Goliath, was Super a Nephilim. fucking strong, yeah. So they were like giant, strong people who were allegedly like offspring of fallen angels. So I call him Nephilim. And Do yeah, I don't call Yeva people Harlot? by their names. <laughs> I don't call people by their names because your name is inconsequential. But like what you do is like preordained. So yeah. that That's actually one of the origins for it. it like two of the origins for a strong man is a demigod and last of a giant race. Yep. There you go. I call you nice. Nephilim. 
Alright. <laughs> so, uh, again, playing Yeva, the Snake Charmer, and my snake, Mahela, because my baby. Um, for her look, I chose Mysterious. She looks very out of place, very not from here. Um, and so she's just, like, a little off-putting. Um, eyes, I took Alluring. Um... I kind of, I was thinking back a lot to Bluebeard's Bride when creating Geva, actually, with one of the questions be like, when people look in your eyes, how do they see you want them kind of deal? So she always has that, like, that kind of look without meaning it. Um, Her origin, uh, which is what sold me on the Snake Charmer in the first place, she is a half Gorgon. Mm. Uh, You and Fenemy have something in common. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You and we have, have something in common. Descendants yes. of, yeah. Similar roots. Yes. Yep. Uh, I don't think she's a descendant of Medusa, but I think she's a descendant of one of her sisters. Um, Those roots go deep and far back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... Indulgence was the main thing I was struggling with for her. Um, I thought of a couple different things. Um, one of them I thought was, like, maybe like stick and poke tattoos or like because it's like the you know things or whatever but i'm like i wasn't sure if that was right like i i'm really having a hard time with figuring out her indulgence what about crushing men (laughs) crushing men just crushing men (laughs) just ruining men to your snake (laughs) <laughs> I just picture her like shoveling like a dead person into the snake's mouth. <laughs> well, let me so let me do my pitch card and then we'll come back okay. to indulgence because I think that might help me generate more ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you end up at the carnival? I I think she she's been going from place to place, hiding out different places where she can, and she saw it. It saw it as a way for her to hide and survive um while also and and also to protect Mahela um Mahela is like the one being that she actually cares about other than herself um or at least that's what she says doesn't know if that's true and the one being she recognizes she cares about other than herself yes yes <laughs> yeah. um so she just found it and joined in um why are you fighting on the side of humanity? She thinks humans are fun. They're interesting. Not ready for the game to be over. <laughs> yes. And she's not like she's not like a fan of humans, but they're they're like cute little things and she likes to play with them. Nice. Ooh. I think Ooh. taking advantage of people could be a good yeah, totally. advice for you. Yeah, taking advantage of They're your playthings. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. A hundred percent, Sarah. Like, I fucked with them because I could. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why don't you give it to your monstrous nature? Uh, She wants to survive. Mm. She knows what happens to Gorgons when they give it to their monstrous nature. They die and get killed by men. (laughs) Yeah. And that is the last thing she wants is for a man to have a one-up on her. Um... What makes your cold blood run hot no matter how much you resist? I need a clarification on the wording for that. I also did, yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> what does that mean? I 
I'm going to let that up to you. It can be run hot with like passion or like lust or desire, or it can be run hot with rage. That's also. Whichever, or whichever with way you spice wish you on the that. Scoville unit. <laughs> whichever one is more interesting to you. I think for Yeva, passion is the most interesting. Um, Pick one of the players. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> that wolf girl. She's hilarious. <laughs> what was that, Ken? Shouldn't that be a part of the sideshow ally? <laughs> That's what I thought yours was too, but you know it can work. You can also make up an NPC if you wish to, like in the carnival. It also doesn't have to be a person, right? It can, it can be like an abstract thing. Fashion, Prada, can't resist. <laughs> Fashion. <laughs> I think it's just like things she can't have. Okay, so the unobtainable. Yeah, she wants things that she can't have. Whatever looks like the the heart, the thing that you mm, I love you it. are least deserving of touching or able to have. You want that's it. what she wants. Yes, I love yes. it. That's really um, cool. What or who has your snake killed that you're keeping hidden? I cling that body down. You're like, open your mouth, Mahela, and you just have like a, an oar, and you're like, I, I kind of want it to be one of the former Sideshow acts. Ooh, nice. nice. Mm. There was, there was someone a, who just ran off. Yeah, there was someone that just disappeared in the night randomly, and no one knows what happens. Um, but Mahela was really sluggish the next few days, and no one knows why. So they're they're a large run away. Bolt. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I'll say taking advantage of others is definitely well that'll be her her indulgence. I was gonna say, honestly, Christian's klepto idea sounds like it would fit you really well too. Oh, that's true. Mm. Stealing valuables, maybe? Yeah. That's yeah. rolled into taking advantage of. Like if you yeah. see something yeah. you can take or, or get thinking. somebody to give even though that they shouldn't. Because yeah. it's probably it's probably like a combination of if you can get someone to give it to you, that's great. Like, but if I you don't can't, need you just this take at it. all, but it's very important to them. I bet I could get them to give it to me. Yep. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that is that is Yeva. Right, perfect. We're gonna head to the sideshow alley here. This is where we do the sort of um bonds between characters. Start at the top again, Christian. So uh, I have three questions. Uh, number one, whose future are you always trying to keep one step ahead of, and why don't you tell them? Uh, if it's right with Kent, I'm going to say Sandor, yeah. uh, because Sandor is, is exact, kind of epitomizes that like good side of humanity in a lot of ways that um, that Fenemy is is fighting to protect. She would know he's cursed just by looking at him, and she's trying to stop him from like this awful fate that she sees coming his way. Okay. I love also the idea of just like you predicting everything and like Sandor's like accidentally gonna step on a dog and you're like yeah, you're like no 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 <laughs> and you're like oh he needs to get through this door <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah just kind of like walking in front of him all the time just the way it's worded too like just always moving one step people ahead. out of the way you're like a, a child's ball comes bouncing toward and you're just like boop back <laughs> <laughs> uh, that oh that back that way. <laughs> Second question. So if that's cool with you, well, I'll go with Sandor. Yep. Uh, who comforts you when the darkness of your visions leaves you fearful and sleepless? Yeva, you're my girl. Really? Because okay. we Greek. 
Yeah. And we go way back. And fun history fact, uh, because I was there and I know this, the title for the Doracle of Delphi was Pythia which is also the, the root word for Python. Uh, snakes were very heavily part of Greek mythology uh, as far as mystic guardians of temples and things like that. So I was actually called a Python once. We got a, a lot of snake among three A lot of snake stuff in three it. characters. So yeah, like we, we got the Greek stuff. We go way back. So, oh, yeah. you know, we, we can swap stories of the olden days. They they have gossip sessions in ancient Greek, so no one yeah, nobody else knows what's going on. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, this one fits too perfectly. Who has a malicious spirit following them, and why are you helping the spirit, Levi? Ooh. I know what you are. And why are you helping the spirit? And I'm helping the spirit because I know what you are. There, because it would be very it would be very apparent to her that you don't have a future, right? Or you have a very set one, right? Because yeah. I imagine if you're looking, if you're looking at histories of people, any oracle will tell you, like you know, a lot of it depends on on, on different things. But I look at you, and you're just like, this is the direction things are going. And I know I might not know mm. what you are for sure, but I know something's very very wrong, and I don't like you. That's fair. Yeah, oh, I like I that. Right. That's good, Christian. Thank you. God, this they do. I love. I just want to give a shout out again to Magpie Games. This Magpie is a makes great fucking. They really do. This is a phenomenal component of character creation. This is what creates incredible campaigns. These connections yeah. to one another. Yep. You can have a game in a different setting. Let's say hypothetically D and D, right? Where everyone is all about themselves. Like mm-hmm. I make a character, I have this whole backstory, and it literally involves none of you. So we all meet in a tavern, and here's a fucking poster saying, "Go get these goblins." Hey, you want to get these goblins with me? Cool, let's go. Fuck that. This so is super hard for a DM at. to keep everyone this relevant. This is fucking where <laughs> yeah. it's at, guys. Yep, Magpie, you rock. I love this. It. Is a third Sorry. Magpie game we've done by my count on stream. Yeah. I think we've done more. So Wars. good. So good. good. Bluebeard, the Ward, Avatar. 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 Troy and I were trying to think of the other one. Yeah, Avatar. I'm sorry for that, by the way. Randy, you the chat. I'm not sorry. I have nothing to be sorry about. I apologize for nothing. Great. I'm so, I'm sorry to Magpie, not to Rainy. Go, go <laughs> Love you, buddy. This is Christian's recorded response. Ready? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was great. All right. Uh, I think I'm next. Uh, so my first question is: Who here do you hunt, crave, and want to taste more than anything in the world? And I'm between two people. I'm not exactly sure yet. I'm between Yeva because she's got this like a little <laughs> to her. Yeah, you know. I'm also kind of thinking Levi though because he's like. So otherworldly, I just, I don't, I have no idea what that would taste like. He's, he's all bones. He's got, yeah, that's true too. But, but I like also bones. am still alive. I can't, I can't die. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> Maybe so... you just haven't tried hard enough. <laughs> Listen, I try. You'll see. I try. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? I'm going to go with Levi. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Levi just because otherworldly all bones and if he yeah if he can't die I don't know that's just like especially your character bones. seems kind of lighter too you're like fun and friendly and loving with the family and he's like yeah. dark not nah. that <laughs> <You know? laughs> like I must pull him in and heal him 
<laughs> I mean, I don't think that falls under who here do you hunt, crave, and want to taste more than anything in the world. Sexual healing. <laughs> sexual healing. <laughs> Everything I'm saying is taken in a different turn. No, that's it's not you, Jess. It's written that way. That is written that really? way. Yeah, it's yes. totally written that way, Jess. Oh, Just like the blood run hot, like you can't interpret that as anger, but you know how it was written. <laughs> like thematically. Oh, maybe I should go with you. Dogs do hump things a lot. I will go with Levi. Dogs do hump things a lot. Let me hump this immortal sack of bones. <laughs> Where's my fucking clip it notepad? God damn it. <laughs> Ken, I know your team wholesome, but just understand you're still outnumbered. You're always outnumbered. It's fine. No matter how we many are team wholesome no, are no. There's two are... chaos players and three wholesome players right now. We are there Legion. Are th- well, I'm we not are Legion. DM is chaos. I have even more power now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my my second question is: Who is part of your pack, and how did they earn your loyalty? Um, and I'm going to probably go with Sandor for who is part of my pack. Uh, just because, like, we we both kind of have that monster within, right? That we're trying mm-hmm. to kind of keep control of. And um, how did they earn your loyalty? I, I think they kind of just look out for each other, right? So maybe Sondar kind of helped keep Joan in check when the last time she turned, you know, or a couple times she's turned before. Um, maybe not by picking her up, but by doing something. <laughs> or maybe you could have, you know, maybe she's pretty more indestructible, so you could crush her when she yeah, yeah, maybe like it's, it's That's like... true. When she transforms, she's incredibly hard to destroy. Yeah. 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 So it's it's more of like I uh it's I keep you contained to an area instead of a uh instead of you rampaging about. Yeah, oh cat, maybe we could cuddle when she's in wolf form. <laughs> Gentleness. That's one of the things uh Oh, that's actually a thing on your character how to, Yes, how to uh, how to tame the monster within, right? Or how to regain control. It's on Sandor's, too. He doesn't regain control until he's shown gentleness. Yep. Oh, mine is uh, you get, regain control when you feel safe within the embrace of a trusted friend. So kind of similar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aww, so, I like that's that wholesome. Wow. It's yeah. wholesome. Yeah. Remember, you're playing a good person this time, Christian. I am going to be good. I'm just, I, I personally am not good, but my character is going to be. Fair. Yeah. Uh, and the last one I have is who threatens the safety of the carnival and how do you plan to stop them? I got a lot of options here. Levi's <laughs> literally bringing about the apocalypse. Fenemies yeah. being hunted <laughs> by Not that you know that. Not that you know that. True. True. Fenemies being hunted by Nazis. Yeva is just... Technically not her fault. <laughs> Look at us all being like, however. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeva's is a bad person. I'm not defending her. Yeah. Yeah. Draws like, too much atten- Maybe Yeva draws too much attention to the yeah. carnival and the and the freaks where that you should really be hanging low, you know? I mean, I steal wolves from like or wolves. I steal dogs and pets from town. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but you don't get caught. <laughs> she doesn't. Um, she doesn't steal things. She says you're gonna give this to me, and then they regret it. That's why she takes it. <laughs> it's fair. I like it. I'll do Yeva. And how do I plan to stop them? Oh gosh. <laughs> like I'm gonna bark really loudly whenever they're up to something. Bark, bark, bark. Alarm clock. Maybe I will steal the things that she steals and put them back. 
Hmm. Reverse pickpocketing. <laughs> the, the preacher's son. You're like, just take it out of her bed and put it back. Like you're like, oh god, we gotta get rid of this. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's that's what I'll come up with now. I'll I'll ponder on that one. The preacher's son. All right, Ken. <laughs> so, uh, my my first question is, uh, is who do you view as yours, and how do you show them? Mm, possessiveness. Ooh. That's classic magpie question right there. You're like, this is fucked up the more I look at it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Which is it, hard it, for Ken as a wholesome character to say this, true. but it, it it's also the fact that like I'm also like distancing myself from others in fear of hurting them. Mm. So like having someone uh having someone that I wants and like like want to be with be by like something it, it is very like out of the way question for you're the cons- you're in constant conflict you want to be with this person you know you can't but you can't stop chasing yeah. everyone else away from them like yeah. <laughs> um and i i think i might go with joan with this one just because it's it's already a very uh Close, close connection to it uh and it's like i, I show them it's like when they when they transform when she transforms she i like i i help like contain and that is very sad because the only version of her you can be with is the only version of her she's not allowed to be <laughs> oh my up. god fuck. Mm. Yeah. jesus Wow. It's so <laughs> tragic. I love it. Yeah. Magpie. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at this character sheet and I was like, I could play like a character that I normally play who's just like the uh who's like a strong like Ken, you should have gone with Stelios Contos. More Greek. <laughs> um but like and I was just like, wait, this is Amber. I'm gonna throw her a lot of like bones here and like I'm going fairly dark with this character. We'll destroy you all. I did not go dark at all. I I wanted to do something from, like, my first, like, actually interactive game besides Dread, where I did literally nothing. Don't worry, Jess. If you don't wake up covered in blood with hair between your teeth at least once, I'm not doing my job right. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, Ken. This is your first, like, on-screen. Yeah. On-screen pull thing. Uh, With Dread, I literally did not make a single pull the entire game, except for... I, I didn't. It's did. retentioning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was very like I. I had very. I took a very backstage. Gotcha. Uh, no worries. This is your comeback that. story. Uh. But uh, my second question is: uh, Who did you last put in their place, and how bad was the damage? Mm. Yeah, so- Levi. 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 Yeah. Levi got an ass kicking. Uh, probably liked it. Probably <laughs> did. <laughs> he probably started it just to get an ass kicking. <laughs> it it probably was like our one of our first interactions, where you are very uh, like uh, child centric. You are just like it's like oh, indulge the children. The children are all good, and I'm trying to distance myself from them as far as I can because I know I'm going to hurt them. What would you think about me maybe intervening when you possibly hurt a child and then you like kicked the shit out of me? That that could 
that would be a good uh this is up to you i'm just posing an option you gotta stop bringing these fucking kids around here <laughs> honestly gave is a good choice too because she's like full of trouble <laughs> super troublesome um, it's yeah. up to you ken yeah. i'm just yeah. posing some options yeah. whatever you choose i'm happy with so yeah. but it could have also I, been a blind rage moment yeah like, it could it could uh i could see it uh being levi like me uh kind of like uh being not like super harsh to the children but like he 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 takes it the wrong way like uh my tone he's I, i'm trying to like distance myself kids go away like i i don't have oh, time you were for like scaring some kids away because they can't be here or they're gonna get hurt and then i yeah, was and like the fuck the dude way. and you were like the fuck dude <laughs> yeah. i like that that works nice, nice. all right <clears throat> and uh my last question is who uh who is a friend you uh, believe would never betray you now this one could go a few ways where it's just like it's like a blind trust type of a thing. Yeva's manipulated I, you I so well. Like you actually well believe she's the one who will never betray you. <laughs> um, Joan is the obvious answer, but it doesn't have to all be Joan. Yeah, yeah I would say probably not me. I I, I was thinking either uh, Yeva or Phenom. Phenom. Phenomy. Phenomy. Enemy. Uh, I should probably do a phonetic note. <laughs> yeah. I had to do that with a couple of my characters that I made the name, and I was like, "Wait, crap! How do I pronounce this again?" <laughs> um, just because how it's uh, with 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 Fenemy, it's you're always seem seeming to help me. You're always there, like mm. yeah. It almost it probably probably almost is like. Almost like a mother son relationship, if that's if that's the way you want to go with that, because she's like, she's old, uh, you know. You remember is, Hercules and Achilles? Right. I'm like, I used guys. to have to do this for Hercules all the time. <laughs> Just, but no, but you know, I think I think there's something in Fenemy, if if that's the way you want to go, that would react to to him that way. I, I, and probably never had a chance to have children of her own because that was that was part of the deal. Being oracle. the oracle, as you gave up all other worldly attachments. So, mm-hmm. hmm. so yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, with, with Benemiel. Cool. It's cool. Uh, I very much uh, like the the idea. It's like a mother son type of thing. Like, I always see you helping me out. Like I'm not quite sure the reason, but you're always there. I kind of took it as a a. a and it could be like that blind trust where it's just like it's like oh they they're kind of always looking out for me cool i like it if i if i could cut in really quick just to go back i just had like a, a random idea sarah how do you feel if for my question who threatens the safety of the carnival and how do you plan to stop them how do you feel about if maybe joan is suspicious of what you did to like a former sideshow person that she yeah. might think that it's you, and she and her dogs are maybe out to either kill your snake or mess with your snake or just very suspicious of your snake. Yeah, I'm yeah. totally down with okay. that. You're planning to get rid of that thing, yeah. yeah, one way or another. Yeah, I like this dog versus snake thing, kind of. Okay, you like put snake it. in bag, puts bag in river. <laughs> it's a dust bowl. Where's the river? Yeah. <laughs> 
put snake in dust. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'm gonna do that. Thanks. Hell yeah. I don't know if it'll come up. <laughs> Content warning. Maybe violence toward animals. <laughs> violence toward snakes. Uh, yeah, content not. warning: A very violent animal. Mahela is just in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. content with giant snakes. Like, Mahela's as big of a bitch as Yeva is. She's a spicy bitch. <laughs> spicy <laughs> syllables. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. All right, Troy. Um. Okay, so sideshow alley. Who supplies you with your choice of sustenance, and how do you repay them? I would very much like for this to be Yeva. Um, I think we decided that Yeva likes manipulating people and kind of taking advantage of them. Yeah. I think I come to you for punishment. Yeah. But on this, but on the same token, though, if it's okay with you, I feel like it makes you feel you don't get anything from it. In fact, maybe you dislike it for some reason because it's so different than what you typically get from people. Like, I am seeking for you to inflict pain on me. Yeah, they're not supposed to know. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole point. They're not yeah. supposed to know. They're not supposed to like it. Like, maybe it makes you feel, like, dirty or, like, unclean or sullied or something used. like that. Yeah, used. you're performing a service for someone. Yeah, maybe it makes you feel used, possibly. Um. I'll let you think about that, Sarah, but I 100% would like for that to be you. Yeah. I also um, love your snake. Like, and I think if it's okay with you, I think maybe your snake has a good relationship with me. I don't know. I don't know. This is maybe canon, Amber. I don't know if this exists in your setting, but like I know in in other games and such and in other like contexts, like angels are able to speak in tongues. So they speak to all beings. Perhaps I can communicate. You with, can communicate with the snake, snake if if Sarah yeah. is cool with that. Too. Oh, totally. No, I maybe you call as... the snake Lightbringer. No, I call the snake Najash. So Najash is an Old Testament um, reference to the serpent in the um, in the Garden of Eden, which is like <laughs> the most fucking Hello, one of the most, yeah. I guess, like iconic beings. So I call her Snake Najash. Oh man, two people like this. Snake. I like it. I like yeah. all this snake stuff. <laughs> no, I think Yeva and Levi have a weird fucked up. And now Jess is involved in yeah, the snake dude. too. Everything hinges on snake. Sarah, I'm all. And about we have it. a snake okay on our overlay. Like, how perfect was that? Totally. Oh, do we? That's awesome. Yes, we do. Yeah, it looks. It's the um. So Ouroboros. The Ouroboros. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yes. The Ouroboros is back. Did we have that before? I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe we did. Maybe we did It does eternally recur, so we might have. My next one is who have you seen at the at their worst and how did you comfort them? And I am uh, honestly I am dead split between Joan and Sandor for two different reasons. Number one, Joan is very similar to me in the sense that she is not in control of so much in her life. Just like my my deeds, according to me, my actions are almost irrelevant because the end is determined for me. So I'm not really in control of my destiny. And Joan also is not to a certain extent. The reason why I'm kind of leaning towards Sandor is because he is the most humane out of all of us. He is a human. He is someone that is still like subjected to the grace of God. Like you can be saved, you know, you can receive salvation. 
and you've been cursed and I can I can empathize with that um so I am dead split between the two if you guys have any input well read, read your second one too because if one's gonna be one then one's gonna be the other that would be interesting in deciding well my third one's Christian's character okay I think Sondar kind of fits thematically from what like you've been describing but yeah, his, I, like, I like the relationship with his humanity specifically. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like like the loss of control for sure fits too. But I I think like humanity is a big theme and like feeling and he is the only people. child here who is made in God's image. God, yeah. who we are so far from. So so I guess just to hop back real quick to the first one, which was who supplies you with your choice of sustenance? Uh, Yeva supplies me with my pain choice of pain <laughs> and how do i pay say them? something that fucks you up <laughs> so yeva how do i pay you for your services i'm your only paying customer <laughs> yeah so you do you need to get something out of it it's not the satisfaction you usually get out of it to blame people right. so what else is it yeah. right especially if it's something that makes you feel used or dirty or something like that like what do i give you do something with like his weird Maybe his blood does something, right? Maybe his otherworldly blood. Maybe that's more of an oracle thing. But is it possible that the pain that I inflict on myself is like so profound that you're trying to learn from it to like inflict that on others? Maybe I don't know. I want. Or I wonder could it be if, snake like... related? <laughs> like I'm almost. Either, either, I'm thinking either, like, bringing her luxury goods. Okay. Uh, to add to her nest, because I imagine her room is basically a big old snake nest. Ooh, or. A viper's den. Basically. Ooh, or, if he brings her. I'm gonna put this lightly. If he brings her implements of torture that he wants used on himself, she gets to keep them to use on her people. Oh, wow, that's wild. So he provides her with new methods of... Because you're half Gorgon, do you have another face that you that cannot be looked upon? I think so. Except perhaps by an indestructible being. Oh, oh. shit, maybe I can let you do that. He will, yeah, and in return, he sees you. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> Christian typed in the chat. I found this ball gag, Eva. Hey, hey, the chat is for paying patrons. That's a sample. That's the teaser. Sorry. We have Twitch subs. Oh, that's gonna sound really bad coming out of my mouth. Yeah, Twitch subs. Hey, ooh, dirty subs. So I'll leave that one up to you, Eva. I I like. I'm gonna. Would be okay if we mixed like. She actually gets to torture someone using her true face, and he like brings little offerings. Sure. Yep, that's really okay awesome and cool. A gift to bestow upon your hideous glory. Like. Yes. <laughs> cool. I like that. Um. So the second part of the second question was, "Who have you seen at their worst, and how did you comfort them?" So it was, um, it was Sandor or Nephilim, as I call him, and how did I comfort him? Um. I, I'd like to think that maybe seeing him at his worst was after he like raged and like beat the shit out of me. Maybe I maybe I like maybe after he kicked the shit out of me, I held him like a child in my arms and like told him it was going to be OK, which is a lie. Oh, my God. You've never been held. You are held so rarely, my dude. <laughs> that is very true. 
Right? Um, Would that be okay with you, Kent? Like, as I'm, like, fucking beaten and broken and battered, I just, like, crawl over to you and you're, like, exhausted and I'm like, it's gonna be okay. Like, and just hold you, just embrace you. Yeah, it's, I'm fine with that because it's, it's, uh, one of the things with the, the, the strong man, like Amber said, is, like, uh, one of the things that I, I regain control is, uh, you're shown gentleness. Shown yeah. gentleness. That's amazing, Sarah. Oh, yeah, so cool. That's so good. Sorry, Sorry. I didn't want to inter- I'll I'll pop it in chat oh, when I uh, yeah. so good, Sarah. Pinterest uh did me good and uh found me exactly what I pictured for for Yeva. I think that's so, also I think the, it's a, a Burmese python. Yep. That is that Yellow is what one. her, her oh, baby girl one. looks like. Yeah. yeah. And then oh, the last um, Oh, no. Also, uh, sorry, uh, Amber and Kent just switched places on oh, no. As they did. I can fix that. Hold on a second. Just Kent techie. is the mistress of ceremony. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yes! not prepared for this at all. I um, am not prepared. <laughs> the, last, the last question I have under Sideshow Alley is, who did you see at their best and how did you tear them down? And that is 100% um, Christian's character. Uh, Benome? Fenemy? Yep. Fenemy. Yep. Fenemy. Fenemy. Like a Nenemy. Who I call Fenemy. is actually the only character that I call different oh. names all the time. I <laughs> refer to her as Oracle. No, I know. I can't I can't find sage. Amber's like thing now. That's the problem. Okay. Like I can move Kent around. Like there he is. Boom. Right. That's cool. Well, let's see. Oh, I wait. cannot be contained. Oh, I know. I know why. I, I figured out what it is. Okay. I think so I figured Christian. out what it is. Christian's character is the only character that I refer to as different names. Mm-hmm. So I call Christian Oracle, Seer, Sage, Fortune Teller, Witch, Mystic, Soothsayer. An interesting one also would be Pythia. Pythia. Python, Pythia. So there's this most, most snake stuff for you. So I call you by all of these different names. Um, but it Not says, who did I see at their best? <laughs> who did there's I see at their time. best and how did I tear them down? So I would imagine shortly after I joined the circus, I got to kind of know the who's who. And like, obviously, we have a fucking fortune teller here. We have someone who predicts the future. And I think maybe I sat down with Christian's character and we had this very intense but brief uh, moment of exchange where he was kind of trying to tell my fortune. And um, and I explained to him that, like, you know, you are a teller of fortunes, um, but I have met the author of these fortunes. I, you know, like you, you simply tell a tale from someone who wrote them. Like I met the writer. I met the creator of these tales. I was there with him in his halls, in his presence. And yeah. she would say to you that she literally was born from him because they have differing, we have differing theology here. Uh, sure. And interestingly, if I, if I know, I don't know if this is correct or not. I think it might be, but Apollo was associated with light and the sun obviously is the god of the sun, and yeah. I think and reason also. Also, yeah, but later on, as with the Christianity, you know, took hold. I think he might have also been associated with Lucifer. Lucifer being oh, I guess that light. I'm not sure on. Yeah, I don't know sure that, that either. But like, there could be like, I think there might be something there. I'm not sure. I would also imagine in Amber, this you might be able to shed some light on this. I know that this is a somewhat Christmas related thing. And I know that, at least personally, we are most oriented with, like, Judeo-Christianity. I would imagine my my character um, is, he 
probably is familiar with all of the different like versions of Christmas versions of deity. And he probably just, you know, this entity goes by many names, right? Like, you know him as Zeus. I know him as this. Abba, you know him as this. You know him as this, right? So, you know, you call him Odin, you call him this, but he's the same being. That would probably be my character's understanding. My character's take on it. Whether that's true or not is whoever, you know, whatever. No, that's fine. Um, I I like that. I like that a lot. And that also, I think that last one plays in well um, with your character's relationship to me. I'm the one that you are, like, not sure on. Like, I just don't sit well with you, you know? So, um, yeah, that's what I have for that. Like it. I like it. All right, Sarah. All right. So these are some fun ones. And luckily I'm last, so I actually had a lot of time to think about it. So who acts as though they own you and how do you show them they don't? So this one was probably the hardest one for me to decide on. And I'm actually going to go with Joan. Because... He's like, you're part of my pack. And you're like, bitch, I'm not anything of yours. That, and she's been, I think Joan, Joan's been here for a, you said for a long time, right? Yeah, I was born in the carnival, yeah. She was born here. So she's oh, got, shit. She's or got, I grew up in the carnival. Basically, baby in a basket. Yeah. 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 And so she's been here longer than Yeva. And she's tr- constantly trying to correct Yeva's behavior. Um, And so Yeva just constantly fucks with her right back. She'll steal her stuff. She'll let some of the dogs loose that she stole. Um, she's My dogs just, and her snake are just constantly fighting. Yeah. Yeah. It's dogs <laughs> versus snake. Like, bark, it's this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. So, Yeva will just constantly try and like undermine her shit, um, take her stuff, just be like, I, like I am not yours. Fuck like off. <laughs> um, this one hurts me, Sarah, as a person, because I never normally play a bitch, uh, but I am playing a full bitch. So, uh, who tastes like fear, and how do you frighten them delibri- deliberately at its sandor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. That's a great one. You're because terrified of yourself and everything around you, my dude. <laughs> and Yeva is small and delicate and pretty and fragile, and she likes fucking with men. Ah, perfect. And he is practically the closest thing they have to a human man. And so he's the like, he's the manliest of men, the strong man archetype. He's the manliest of men. And so she's just yeah. like, I am here to ruin your day. Uh, but she will also she will just like she'll get like a little too close, or she'll like flirt and just be an asshole. Um, Putting a hand on his arm and laughing. <laughs> Just to get that fix when they're on the road of messing with men. Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> who do you turn to when you need to feel loved and how do you pay them? I think it's Fenemy for this, right? Mm-hmm. Family. I know, how you, I know how you pay me, too. What? Opium. Oh, she's like her dealer? Feed you my shit, yo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeva steals opium for Fenemy. Yeah. Yeah. Because they come from the same world. Like, Mm -hmm. and, you know, even though they come from very different places, she's the only one that she's like, oh, you understand me in a weird, fucked up way. Yeah. And in her own way, Fenemy has spent a lot of time telling men what they want to hear. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, my dude, Lord Highness Prince, sir. Here you go. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. You will destroy Enjoy an empire. Your mom. Right. <laughs> Aww. Enjoy your mom. Yes. Aww. Aww. Uh, New canon. Fetemy was that bitch. Yep. Yeah. Fetemy was that bitch. Yeah. Enjoy your mom. <laughs> but yeah, those are. I had a lot of time to think, so this is real easy. <laughs> all right, all right. Fantastic. We've got a great crew here. And uh, we'll start, uh, we'll get into the game now, starting with our opening scene. So the Crossroads Carnival is run by a ringmaster. This has been the same ringmaster that, um, Joan, you've been here the longest. Uh, Wayland Price was the ringmaster when you were dropped off in a basket and is still the ringmaster now. He's an older gentleman, maybe in his 50s. Uh, he treats his folks uh, very fairly. You're all paid fair wages. Um, he mediates it between disputes among you, tries to help keep the peace. Um, offers guidance when he can. You all have um, a relatively benign or helpful relationship with him. Um, he knows most of your secrets, what you are. And those of you who have not come out and straight told him, you suspect he knows more than he should. Um, but he decides where the carnival goes, um, does all the organizing and managing, uh, talks to the local authorities and what's not to arrange uh proper permissions and permits to set up here and there, deals with all of that stuff. Um, keeps people organized, keeps people on task. Uh, you were supposed to be in a much larger city by now. It is the end of December. It's very close to Christmas. A couple days or less away, depending on how the, long this takes. To, <laughs> Christmas will arrive at the most opportune moment. <laughs> it's very close to Christmas, let us say. So December, you are in Oklahoma, the Panhandle. Uh, you're supposed oh my to be God. You know, Panhandle, Oklahoma. You were supposed to be in a much larger city by now, especially for the holidays, to make bank on that. Um, but a series of unfortunate events and delays has occurred, um, and you find yourselves basically in the middle of nowhere. If you want to make any money off of the holidays, you have to you have to just find some sort of civilization and set up shop and just get whatever you can. Um, Despite all of your fantastic and freakish origins and abilities, yes, most of you still need to eat. Uh, the carnival has to feed its people. Repairs need to be made. Petrol needs to be bought. Uh, so that puts you in the small town of 300 souls in a named Silence, Oklahoma. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> you find yourselves parked outside of Silence, Oklahoma. Uh, like I said, very small town, 300 people. This is 1938. We're in the middle of the Dust Bowl in the Panhandle of Oklahoma, which is one of the worst hit places ever. Um, you've been touring this area for years, and you've seen a grueling amount of poverty and human suffering and despair on your journeys through these Great Plains states. Um, everywhere you go, there is the relentless dust getting into everything, the like brown pneumonia, people start literally starving to death. Uh, lack of work and all of the um, various vices and kind of depravity and wickedness that people stoop to when they're desperate. That is very familiar to you all by now. Um, <clears throat> so the thing that strikes you about Silence Oklahoma as the circus is pulling up and setting up shop is that it's better off than anything you've seen in a long time. Um, by no means are these folks rich or anything, but you're looking around and 
the cheekbones aren't as sharp as you're used to seeing them. There are more children. Um, and part of that might be due to the, uh, <clears throat> the fact that there is a large stretch of shelter belt that has been planted and grown um, around this village. The shelter belt is a uh, one of the largest, I think, environmental efforts ever made in the States uh, during the Dust Bowl. Roosevelt, uh, President Roosevelt put a bunch of funds and effort into planting trees in the Great Plains in strategic areas to help break the wind and prevent the erosion of topsoil. Um, and you've seen bits and pieces of shelter belt here and there. It started in 35, so it's not very big <laughs> in most places. That's the second thing that strikes you about Silence, Oklahoma, is how thick and large the shelter belt forest at the edge of it is. Um, it seems in impossibly impossibly large and lush for only being three years old in theory um and it's it's thriving quite well uh the air is a little bit cooler here um it's actually i mean it's december it's cold uh there's a little bit more moisture in the air let's say the wind is a little bit less harsh uh you've been traveling through the plains in december the wind is vicious enough and dusty enough to like strip the flesh from your bones basically it it sucks the moisture out of your eyeballs it's horrible uh, it's a little yeah. less that here. It's a little more comfortable. And uh, the village is in a little bit better repair than you see. Uh, it's not quite as battered, not quite as broken down. Um, you pass several farmsteads on the way toward uh, toward town, and you see, like, you know, there's some plants actually growing in some of those farm beds. Uh, not something you're used to seeing. So you do set up outside, just outside of the sort of main drag in Silence, Oklahoma. It is your classic... Uh, one road town, main road goes right through it. You see a couple buildings of note. You see the steeple of the church, church in every one of these little towns. Uh, and there's lots and lots of open and rolling land for you to pitch your circus. Uh, so Wayland picks a spot, has you guys break down and start setting up uh, in time to put on a show that evening. Uh, Wayland himself goes into town to speak with, you know, the people in, the people in charge, make sure they're aware that, you know, You've brought entertainment for the people here, especially around the holidays. It's sure to be a joyous uh, event. There'll be things for all ages, the whole pitch. And by the time he gets back, it is green lights for you to go. So you've all done this a million times, and you're not the only staff in the circus. You're the staff of the sideshow. Uh, so there's also, you know, typical three-ring circus act. There are clowns. There are jugglers. There are fire breeders. There are sword eaters. There are animal bits, all kinds of stuff. And you're familiar with all of these folks, though. So also push to the fringes of the circus folk in your own ways. But you're very busy. Um, things are almost set up for, for showtime. Uh, sun goes down real early this, this time of year. So uh, the music is starting. The smells of the different foods and popcorns and candy floss that are served at the carnival are taking hold in the air. And you are getting ready to put on your shows for the first arriving customers. Uh, if there's anything you wish to do pre-showtime, uh, you may do so now. This is kind of the last little bit of lull before the storm. You said there was a church in town? There's a church in every one of these towns. Yes, you can see the steeple from here. It's the, sort of the tallest point in the town. I think pre-performance, Levi will go to the church. Do you visit all the churches in the towns that you stop by? Um, not all of them, but definitely probably more often than not. More often than not. Uh, are you taking anyone with you? Or is anyone following him against his will? <laughs> I, I, I would say I, I probably wouldn't deliberately take anyone with me, but 
someone is more than welcome to follow if they want. No, I think I'll miss that one. Too busy. Yeah. All right, Levi. You are on your own as you stroll into town uh, for the church. There's a lot of people out and about. By a lot of people, a lot of people for a town of 300. <laughs> um, they're mostly keeping an eye on the circus. Like a ton of vehicles just pulled up. There are bright fabrics and lights and construction sounds and smells. And people are just all rubbernecking around town, uh, at the edges of town, on the main drag, through windows and stuff like that. So when you come walking into town down the main road, you are noticed. Um, Le- Levi walks, he's incredibly tall, but he does walk hunched over and he wears um, very loose fitting clothing to try to kind of conceal his um, very stark uh, and startling appearance. Um, think like thick black, like overcoat, um, maybe a hat that he wears low. Big floppy hat. Kind of cover his face. Yep. Um, I, I'm making my way towards the church, disinterested with um, the folks that are about town trying to be unknown. In fact, one of the things in my character sheet, uh, it's called Shameless. It says, when I hide from my betters in plain sight, which I would argue any human is my better. They all can um, sure. <laughs> Roll plus guile. On a hit, you remain unnoticed, quietly observing. And then it just says, ask the MC one revealing question about the scene you observe. Um, pressing any further will reveal your presence. On a 10 plus, you may ask a follow-up question about the scene or the people in it. Uh, on a miss, you discover, uh, you're discovered at the worst possible moment. Would you like me to make a roll on that? Do you want to enter the church and be unobserved in the back of the pews? My hope was that the church would be unoccupied, but if it is occupied, then yes, I would like to remain unobserved. So go ahead and give it a roll. Okay. So it's roll plus guile, which I have a plus one to guile. Did everyone add their extra bonus one? Your sheet is basically filled out for you. It tells you what your stats are, and you get one free one choice. Everybody do that if you haven't. Okay. Uh, I will add, I mean, I, I guess my total then is eight. So Eight. Okay. So that is a, that's a weak hit, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see here. The geek. Weak hit. Shameless. So on a hit, I remain unnoticed, observing quietly. Ask the MC one revealing question about the scene I observe. Yep, and then you can get a follow-up on a 10 hit. All right, so you slip into the church. Uh, it is a, it is a, you know, small town church. Uh, the main, the first room you enter is the, is the main room with all of the pews, the altar up front. Uh, there are a few. Uh, very dirty stained glass windows, um, caked with all of the dust and whatnot from the outside. Uh, even Silence Oklahoma is not spared from the dust at all times. And um, the floors are weathered, really scratched up. All the glosses long since been scraped off of them by feet just trotting abrasive dust for years. Uh, but you slide into one of the pews quietly, unnoticed. And uh, not- in, the, in the church, you're not alone. There is a boy. Uh, probably... 12, 13 years old, um, and he's up front by the altar uh, cleaning. He's sweeping the floors. Um, he's got, like, a mop and a bucket. He's down there scrubbing it as well. Um, and from one of the little back rooms, the rectory or something, you can hear the uh, the occasional uh, quiet laughter of another child. Okay. Um, this is not something that comes into play right now, and 
perhaps might never in the game. But could we have a little canon where, for whatever reason, um, any church door is always unlocked for Levi? He's always able to get into a church. I feel like that's just such an irony. That would be really cool. Yeah, that's fair. Most church doors are unlocked unless something terrible is happening outside. So, <laughs> Sure. So I um, I walk into the church and I notice um, the laughter coming from the back. I kind of disregard it, um, but I do see the boy that's cleaning up front. And I very slowly um, but deliberately walk straight up to the very front of the church towards the altar. And I pause for a moment and I uh, I look to the boy and I kind of, um, I, I get low. I get down on my knees to kind of be at level with the boy. And I look at the boy and I say, I say, son. He jolts, he's startled by you. I, I, um, I look at him and I say, do not be afraid. Would you mind praying with me? Uh, I can, uh, I can get Father Joseph. No, that's okay. The Lord says wherever two or more are gathered, he is there in our presence. He looks hesitant. <laughs> um, almost like a cornered animal kind of look. Um, a little bit frightened, a little bit flighty. But he uh, squeezes the sponge in his hand really tightly, and you can hear like the water dripping onto the onto the floorboards. Um, and then he he bows his head and he starts uh, the Lord's prayer. <laughs> when he does that, I just say, um, I say, close your eyes and keep them closed. And I wait for just a moment to make sure he is closing his Does eyes. Does so. Yep. Okay. When that happens, um, standing before the altar, I take my hat off and I doff like the heavy overcoat that I'm wearing. And at that moment in time, I'm just bare. My torso is bare. I have no shirt or anything on. And I just stand in front of the altar and I just have my eyes lifted up at whatever, whether it's a crucifix or a cross or something like that. And I start speaking in words that no one would be familiar with. And um, I just, I, I cry out. At the end, I repeat, I say, Abba. And I, I keep saying that. And my my penetrating eyes, that glow, it gets just a little bit brighter for just a moment. Just a moment. And then as the boy is finishing the Lord's Prayer, I quietly put my overcoat back on. I place the hat back upon my head. And I look to the boy and I say amen with him in, um, you know, you hear a in soft, accordance. Soft, clear plink sound. And uh, you notice as you look, um, there is a there's a cross on the wall below the stained window that sits behind the altar. And that stained window in the center of most prominence is uh, a depiction of Jesus Christ. There's a crack through his face. Um, and then you hear a little, <gasps> and sure enough, there's a smaller boy standing in that door that probably leads to the rectory, just standing there very quietly, maybe, maybe six, seven years old, big eyes just staring at you. <laughs> When we finish the prayer, I look to the boy and I say, go forth and have no fear for our heavenly father watches over you. 
the uh, the little boy when you when you look at him and start to speak just runs into the back room. The older boy um sort of nods his head and opens his eyes says says I'm at himself. Um, and then he goes and he grabs like his mop and his bucket quickly and he goes into the back of the church the same direction the little boy went. I leave the church. Can I have a moment with um, Sarah, if that's okay? Yes, absolutely. Back at the carnival uh, during the hustle and bustle of setup, you guys are prepping your, your performance tents on the sideshow and whatnot. I think probably um, Yave is just like, go ahead. Sorry, just real quick. Because uh, chat just popped off for a hot second here. So we've been gifted two sets of rerolls all around and one freeform reroll. Nice. Um, so that's what is a 11, total, re-roll? 11 total rerolls. Wow. So many rerolls. And also a hydrate if you have a, a better. Use them to roll worse. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to make sure chat's gifts were acknowledged. Wait, what's uh, a think- freeform reroll? It's just one reroll to be used. Anybody whenever. can grab it. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and Kent, the way we've usually done rerolls all around is like everyone just gets one. So you've got like two rerolls for you. Oh, okay, um, cool. Just because that's how it tends to be easiest. Yeah. So anyway, nice. I just wanted nice. to thank give so Chat there a little that's gift. Awesome. No, thank you. Thank you, everyone. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah, we oh, definitely will probably need rerolls yeah. in this one. I might use mine to be more worse. Why the fuck not? Um, so, yeah, I think maybe if Yeva is like in her tent, like pampering herself prior to performance. Oh, yeah. She's in the she's in the snake den. <gasps> Spritzing and fluffing and <laughs> fluffing. fluffing. All right. And uh, and you just hear kind of like uh, they're tense. So you don't knock. So you might hear just like kind of a dental like clapping or like a coughing outside. But, you know, you know that it's you know that it's Fenemy. Yeah. So she just doesn't even look away from her little mirror that she's had to repair a million times enter oh dear well what little berg have we found ourselves in tonight oh uh i think it's called silence this one really i don't know where they get their names american city names are terrifyingly droll i don't really sparta that is a city name athens Olympia. These are cities. Silence. Well, can you can't blame them. They've barely been here any sort of time. I know. They better get creative over time. One would hope. I think they might, though. If they don't kill themselves first. So, do you have it? A little. You know I always need it after these shows. I wasn't able to score much. The supply was just part of it was on Christian in the chat. <laughs> part of it was mixed with other stuff, and I know that wouldn't be good. So, yeah, well, I don't think it would do anything to me, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the same effect. Mm. No, no, no. Mm. I've I've got a little something, something for later. Don't worry. Oh, thank God! It's just these the people, you know. It's. The important people in town, the bankers, the lawyers, they always come in and it's the things they ask. It reminds me of, of all the way back then. There you know are about bankers it. and lawyers in town, you say. <laughs> you really shouldn't. Sooner or later, you're going to get caught. Then what? You know what happens when you get caught. 
I've escaped before I can do it again. Opens up Snake's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mahela. Snake of holding. Cannon. <laughs> Snake of holding. Mahela does give Fatima just, just this look of like. Look, I don't want to know, all right? This is why I need that. A little now, or wait until after? Oh, after. I'm sure some asshole in town will ask me about the company he wants to buy, or if his wife will find out about his mistress or something. Probably if they have a chance with you, they always ask that. Uh, You know, the answer depends on what they look like, and what their suit looks like, and... How many details you can get out of them? You know my answers. I can always get all the details. That's the problem. Oh, but it blesses me, dear. You know that. It's the little people that I like. The farmers and the young people. Their questions are always so full of hope. They're cute, yes. Does she love me? Does he love me? Will we have children? Ah. Ever tell you Alexander actually dragged me out of the temple and beat me until I told him he would conquer the world? That's actually true. He should have died long sooner than he did. Well, I told him he would get what he wanted. I didn't tell him he would die right after. Karma should be more of a bitch sometimes, I think. Agreed. She takes it. Thank you, dear. Oh, have you seen have you seen Sandor? Um last I saw he was setting something up, to be honest. I you know how I get in this cold weather. I try and stay inside as long as I can. Right. Well, stay warm. I'm just gonna go check on him. You know he's I worry about him. I up. know. <laughs> he's a good boy. He is. And you should be nicer to him. And I don't mean nicer in your way, I mean actually nicer. <laughs> I'm plenty nice to him. So mean. I haven't taken any of his things. She you says better she not. Walks off. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. She leaves with her opium, <laughs> tucks it in her like robe. That's what you're talking about. Where has anyone seen Sandor? Where is Sandor? I am uh, probably setting up. Uh, things probably helping with the if uh, we have a uh, do a big top I'm probably helping with the that big ass you have center two pole. jobs you're a performer and a rousty <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> mostly just like helping uh, move things around right now but uh I'll probably also be setting up my own uh, my, the area for my own acts kind of just all like the heavy stuff that I lift and throw and or whatever raking the dirt <laughs> yeah. sure like areas clear I pounding probably... nails into the benches with your bare hands <laughs> his forehead <laughs> I probably have like a uh, probably set up a clear clear circle and area very barring of caution tape of being like, hey, don't don't come in, come over here type of thing. So he's uh, 
ye old caution tape. <laughs> he, he's off probably to the side, to the uh, the fringe of the circus, making sure that his uh, stop's all set for whoever wanders through. There is a carnival cat. It's it's just a or it's an orange tabby cat. Its name is Mally, and it loves you. <laughs> you can't pet the cat, but the cat pets you all the time. It's constantly yeah. like <laughs> rubbing against your ankles and shit. The cat actually loves all of you. It loves the snake. The cat um, it's a fixture of this carnival, and uh, right now it is it is with you, Sandor, underfoot, probably causing you. No small amount of stress. <laughs> I'm probably like standing completely still. You're being held hostage by this cat. Yep. Yeah, I'm just like it's like Sandor, I can't feet, move like, right now. Move any slight movement of my feet will probably injure the cat. You know how cats like to get underfoot anyway. Cat's just there, it's just rubbing its face on your ankle. <laughs> like don't flex, don't flex. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggles his toe, kills the cat. <laughs> it's a miracle you have not killed this cat yet. It, it, it has probably been a very test. Like I've probably had to have uh, a, a bench, a, a, against my better wishes, someone uh, else from the circus always come by. Like whoever's walking by, be like, "Hey, can you get uh, you get Mally out of here? <laughs> can you get Mally out of here, please?" Like. Who's walking by to get Mally out of here? I was looking for him so I could be around. That's fine. Uh, so you're just standing there and like you don't even have to say anything. Um, you make yeah. this noise before yeah. you even arrive. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, pss, pss, pss. the cat just runs away and you see, you see Fenimy like, pss, pss, and just picks her up. Ah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll no, my half sister loved cats. Really? Yes. I'll uh, I'll put down the box I was holding for like the past ten minutes. You could say she had a special bond with them. Uh, are you okay? I'm fine. I hope the uh, the cat's fine. Correct. Oh yes, of course. Burn up a storm. She's fine. Just rubbing her back. Uh, what is the name of this place? Silence, right? Yep. Silence. Right. Hmm. Doesn't seem very quiet. Oh, not right now. We're here. We're loud. Yeah. Have you seen the other one? Joan? No, the other one. The other one. <laughs> Levi. Uh, I believe I saw him kind of stalk off into town. Ooh. Uh, she looks far off and you see her eyes roll back a little bit in her head uh, for a moment. Uh, I'm not going to roll anything to try to like predict where he is. I'm going to say she can't find him, uh, possibly because he's in a church. Uh, she's like, oh, I don't. Okay. That's strange and worrisome. I wish I had known that. Maybe that's the only place you can't find me. Yeah, that would be cool. Let's say that. Mm. But, let's, but she probably hasn't made that connection yet, or maybe she has. Uh, but she's like, oh, well, I don't like that. Okay. I'll, uh, well, be careful. I'll see you tonight. She Thanks. just takes takes Mally and walks away. Come on, Mally. <laughs> All right. Any other pre-scenes or shall we get started? 
Uh, Joan, Joan is just like stretching, eating a hamburger, feeding the dogs, just like getting ready. Uh, she's just chilling. It is a feat to feed dogs in Dust Bowl America, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there are, That's and probably she one of the reasons you have so many. Every town you go to, there seems to be, if there are any dogs, they are starving. Aww. Yeah, she has a lot. <laughs> but that's it. She's just chilling. She's stretching. She's getting ready. Getting limber. All right. The sun sets. The... I know carnival folk call it Calliope, as one of my good friends that I play with every weekend graduated clown college and told me so. <laughs> Normal uh, folks call it, uh, um, God, what is it, Calliope music, but Calliope among the among the carny folk. <laughs> the Calliope music fills the air. All of those wonderful food smells, which you are so fortunate to have. Um, the lighting is up, the midway is open. And the sun is going down, and the first of the rubes are appearing uh, through the gates, passing the various barkers, displaying colorful posters of the different acts and attractions in the carnival. You all are watching from the sideshow as they begin to filter into the main attractions first off the midway, but you know eventually, as the night wears on, most of them will make their way to you, because they cannot resist the chance to stare at something different. Um, at the beginning, uh, you kind of had the liberty of just watching for half hour, 20 minutes or so before the first people start to arrive in your midway. And again, you're, no, you're, you're struck by how much better off these folks look than pretty much all of the other towns that you've passed recently in the panhandle of Oklahoma. Um, their clothes are in better shape. They are definitely better fed. No one by any means has extra pounds to lose, but you would not call these people emaciated like you would most of the common folk that you've passed recently. Um, uh, so they're they're wandering about, they're looking at things. Uh, several of them have children in tow that they clutch the hands of very tightly and keep very close to themselves. Um, but they're doing the typical ooing and aahing, uh, spending their pennies on trinkets and treats and games uh, when they begin to make their way to you. To our different sideshows. Who wants to be the first performance for our uh, our dear viewers who are now among the rooms to see what the carnival has to offer? I'll do it. Nobody else wants to. Some fortunes are being told. Mm -hmm. So I probably, I would think I have a tent. And it probably says, you know, come and see this year. Learn of your future. And uh, and it's very darkly lit inside. And uh, Fenemy actually sits on a three-legged stool because that's what the Delphic Oracles did. Uh, and in front of her is a um, it's like a very low burning brazier uh, with some coals on it burning and uh, a couple candles about and some scents incense burning uh, just to keep like a very low kind of exotic scent in the air. All right, your first few customers are. Farmers, uh, normal run-of-the-mill trades folk, and it is more of those questions that you were expecting. It's always mm. more of those questions that you were expecting, at least at first. Does so-and-so like me, you know, will 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 there be rain? That's your probably most common question that you get, and the answer is still and always no. <laughs> and she tries very hard to still give them hope. 
So, so especially with, with the people that she's, she's sympathetic towards. Like the uh, rain always returns. You don't right. say when. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always like, it's always like, it's always a very diplomatic answer. Uh, she's been doing this for centuries now and she knows even, even not using her powers, she probably can like cold beat people right away and be like, okay, this is what this one wants to know. And, you know, frame the truth. She doesn't lie. But she will frame the truth in such a way for the people that she has sympathy for. She will frame the truth in such a way that they leave with some hope. All right. You go through five or six of these, no problem, collecting your pennies. Framing. And with those sorts of people, she's like, she puts on a little bit of a show, but it's not really like anything special. She's almost not even using her powers. It's, it takes no effort to flip cards and have, mm-hmm. them, and have them show you something true right exactly uh after those first four or five customers a young girl enters your tent you know occasionally kids break away from their parents and come to see you but usually you do your readings for adults in these typical small towns most children are cautioned to not deal in soothsaying things or parties because they are either you know charlatans or in league with the devil depending on which flavor of town you're in but a ten-year-old kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> but a girl, maybe You're ten years luck, old, kids. walks in to your tent. She uh kind of peels the flat back and she looks over her shoulder outside, looks around like she's checking to see if she's being followed, and then she slips in and shuts the tent behind her. Come in, darling. I don't. I'm not the actor that bites. Uh, she stares at you for a moment, kind of like taking you in. You can see her eyes darting around the tent, just clocking all the colors, the little details, and things you've put on candles and such. Um, and then she hands in her pockets. She walks up to the table and she says, can you really see the future? I look right in her eyes and I can tell right away that this is um, something is really bothering her. Uh, so, yes, I can. She kind of fishes a couple pennies out of her pocket and she says, like, this is all I have. On the house, she pushes it back towards her. She again looks over her shoulder and then she sits, she takes a seat at the table and she says, I, I actually sit up more in my chair now because I was kind of just like slumped over, like kind of like, ah, oh, cards, cards, cards. Uh, but what, what is it, dear, that I can help you with? How does this work? Do I ask questions or? You could ask me questions and I can answer or I can just give you a general reading if you'd like. I want to know. I want to know if I'll find my sister. Put the cards aside. Actually, move the small table and bring the brazier over closer to me. Carefully, because it's burning. And as she's sitting in front of you, she's yeah. she's picking at her fingers and her nails, and you can see they're all they're all chewed up and torn up. The bits of her nail beds and around yeah. them they are all swollen. She's what is what what has happened to your sister? And I'm thinking, fucking Levi, <laughs> something bad. I like you, kids. But you don't know what. She she kind of just looks down and she says, she's being punished for being bad. Oh, dear. Okay. What I'm going to do might scare you. I will not hurt you. Okay? Going to sound different in a minute. Okay. I'm going to reach into another pocket, not take out the opium. 
But I'm going to take uh, just important detail. Uh, take the Cialis or the Werther's? It's the Werther's, no. Cialis or the Werther's? I'm going to pop a Cialis and see the future. No, um, oh I'm going to take take enough to lower my blood pressure, enough to like, yeah, blood rushes somewhere else, <laughs> yeah, and sure. I see the future. Uh, no, um, I'm going to take out another herb, and I'm going to just lay it on the fire. Uh, and it's when it goes on the fire, it burns up really, really quickly. What she does is she leans in and she just... Inhales all the smoke off of it as soon as it goes in, and she holds it in. And when she looks up, a lot changes in Fenemy. Uh, she seems bigger, and her hair seems almost to like flow about her a little more. It's usually just like iron gray and kind of hangs straight to the sides, unless she puts it up. It almost seems to like flow as if there's a breeze in the room. And her eyes, which are usually usually just a very kind of slate flat gray, are actually like a little luminous. And she's looking but she's looking kind of almost like far away. And when she talks, her, her voice is taken on a, um, an echoey, an echoey you. Uh, and now she's ready. So do you want me to roll uh, the cards? Yep, go ahead. Or the touch, the I could do one of the, one or the other, okay. Whichever you, whichever you choose. Uh, I'm gonna go with the cards, but I'm framing it as just like having the, you know, inhaling the mystic drugs. Yeah, as Sarah puts it. <laughs> Seven, eight, a uh, 10. Ten. All right, you got a strong hit. Read the cards, roll this guy, and hit you. Uh, you can questions. ask three questions of the MC, past, past present, and, and future. future. They will ask honestly. Uh, so I'm going to ask, perhaps too vague, what is the girl being punished for? Okay. Where is she? And the girl's question: Will she find her sister back? Or will she get? Will she get her sister back? I think was her, her question, right? Yep, you asked okay. one for each. Yep, yep. You look backwards. Behind you, you see a building. Uh, one of the larger buildings in town. Something of note, something important. You see books. You smell aged paper. You hear hushed voices, a shush. You hear the scrawling of pencils against paper. The quiet creaks of people shifting in chairs. You feel the soft lips of a boy. A kiss, an innocent kiss. A childhood kiss. And you see, you feel a long shadow fall over you. A stern presence. Disapproving presence. A rough hand grabs you by the wrist, drags you away. The present. You look before you. And you are in the forest. A forest like one you have not seen in many years, certainly not in Dustful America. This forest smells damp. It smells of green growing things and rich raw earth. You look up, you see the tall boughs of spruce and fir and pine. Beneath you are soft boughs of princess pine, not native to this area. In the forest, you see things moving, antlered things, slender things, growing things. You feel sharp eyes hunger. You look ahead of you. You see, you feel grief, dread, the awful dread of knowing. You reach out to touch a part of you, something you have always known, but your hands come away torn by thorns. The vision clears. 
Okay. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so good. There was a boy in a library, and nothing that she did wrong. And someone took her away to a place where growing things are. And live and things, things in the woods watched her. And she reached out for you. She reaches out for you, but she can't touch you through the thorns. She's in the woods. Is Ruthie in the woods? I saw woods, child, yes. You see, she's thrown off. She's a little overwhelmed. You're nothing like she's ever seen before. But you see a dogged determination on this 10-year-old's face. She clenches her small fist. She's like kind of kneading the tablecloth in her hands, squeezing it tightly in those bitten, picked at fingers. And she gets like a, a scowl of anger. She says... Miss Wilk. Miss Wilk brought her to the priest. I knew she didn't do anything wrong, and I knew she wasn't bad. Who is Miss Wilk? Who is the priest? Miss Wilk's teacher. I know the priest. Well. I'm sorry, I shouldn't. I have to go. No. Oh. I'm going to reach out and touch her hand. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm going to use the touch, actually. All right. Because uh, I want to find, I want to find the, uh, I want to find the truth inside her a little bit. All Here. right, give it a roll. Roll plus breath. I'm not as good at this one. I'm going to use a re-roll. Okay. Oh, a <laughs> wow, that's even worse. Uh, yeah, that's a five. That's a, it was a, a five. Okay, on a miss, you see the, darkest of their futures of their futures so the darkest possible one and take mm. a minus one ongoing to prevent it oh, oh damn okay Fuck. You reach out to stop the small girl your skin makes contact with her skin and you are in the woods again and this time those things those moving shifting antlered growing stalking things they are stalking you you this feel them all around you you've you run you try to scream, but your voice is swallowed by the woods. The woods go on forever. And vines and thorns and tearing things climb across your limbs and into your mouth, down into your throat, ripping, tearing, your lungs filling with blood as they go all the way down. All right, so I just, like, I hold on to her because I'm used to, probably used to getting bad visions by touching people. Uh, and I just, you, you, grab her and like it's like stare into her eyes with my ancient ancient wizens eyes and i'm trying to impart to her like listen to me i've been around longer than you can imagine kid <laughs> and i'm just like you mustn't go to the woods alone i know what you are thinking but you mustn't go to the woods alone she she what? stares at you and you can tell that she sees she sees you, something inside of you, because she's Whoa. she has that look of awe and shock. Um, Probably, I'm used to that from <laughs> way back. Not anymore so much. Uh, but uh, what what is your name? I have to go. And she kind of yanks her small <sighs> wrist 
out of your hands and you remember again the feeling of that burning that strong bony grip on your wrist not your wrist her wrist (laughs) a child's wrist much like the small curly haired girl in front of you and she flees through the flap of your tent (sighs) all right who's performing next (laughs) (laughs) i mean i can go next if no one no. Okay. Step on up and see the mag and see the horrifying dog girl. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so she is Jonah's in like kind of a large um, cage that is outside. Uh, she is like kind of cuddled up with like a couple of the dogs, right in in this huge pen. Um, but like when people come over, she does like a whole bunch of tricks. She kind of just like howls and like barks with the dog. She plays like um, tug of war with like a piece of rope. Um, and for like a couple of coins, she eats like anything thrown into the cage that's not sharp. Like, will eat anything like <laughs> rocks, bones, lettuce, something more obscure okay. that I cannot think of right now. But she dirty will, socks, dirty socks. Like she will eat anything thrown into the cage. This act always goes this way at the beginning of the night. You get to eat good stuff because people have just bought food. And then people start telling each other about what you do. And they come back bringing less good stuff. <laughs> Vomit in a bag. Yep, yeah, <laughs> Like will. a dead rat. Uh, yep, desiccated bird. That is just not sharp. Yes. Yeah. A rock. <laughs> rock. Dead bird. Whatever. Dang. Uh, it is grotesque. <laughs> Her her hunger is insatiable. There is nothing she won't eat. Bones, you get a lot of bones. They love seeing you crunch bones. Someone Great. throws Perfect. a kid in there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while, someone always throws something alive in there. Small animal. Oh, I mean, she'll do it, but oh, oh, that's your act, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she probably won't. She probably won't kill a, an animal. You're fucking werewolf. You yes. go for the animal, but you hold back just long enough for it to scurry out out of the bars. Yeah, she'll she'll yell, she'll make like a pull, like yeah, she'll she'll make a show of it. Like she'll toss it into like the middle of the pack, and like they'll be going to town, but like it'll slip away somewhere or something. Yeah, you always let the animal escape. Has Clever-o. some fake blood on hand or something, you know. Ah, you're on the and, mouse, got, you like, know? and you just now have a mouse in your pocket, just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the crowd is getting the crowd is getting riled up. At first, this crowd was very sedate. As crowds go, they were they were quite hesitant to do anything. Like somebody holds out like a little bit of cotton candy, sort of thing. Uh, throws a little bite of a hot dog in there. Um, more hesitant than most crowds, and it takes longer for them to escalate to the point where you're eating weird stuff. Mm. And the weird stuff you're eating is not that weird. This is a relatively tame performance, actually. Um, you get you know. Somebody throws a stick in there. Nice. So she'll no do big more deal. Dog stuff. Like, yeah, more fine. dog stuff. They're kind of, they either lack imagination or they're specifically holding back. Mm. Um, but they do start to murmur. You hear a couple jeers, uh, a couple little heckles. Um, some people kind of get closer to try to get a better look at you. As they do. Um, there's a couple parents with a, with a child. They kind of, like, take the child out when they see you, like, uh, start to chew on sticks and stuff. They're just like, let's leave. Let's not look at this sort of thing. Um, but while while you're doing your act, you notice that there is, and 
Levi, I believe you are present for this too. In the back of the crowd also, very unnoticed by the crowd. Um, Joan may or may not notice you depending on how often she looks for you. Um, so Joan, you'll probably need a roll for this. Levi, you probably notice this without a roll. There is one uh, particular uh, spectator um, that is watching very quietly, very sedately um, in the back, doesn't get up, doesn't jeer anything, doesn't seem disapproving, has a kind of a mild smile of amusement and is just watching with interest, but his demeanor is very different than the rest of the crowd. Um, and he just catches your eyes. Very well dressed. Uh, young man, maybe, maybe mid twenties. Um, quite clean, quite put together. Um, definitely a little cut above the rest of the rubes here. Joan will just, if she does notice him or see him, Joan will just howl <laughs> at him and towards <laughs> the sky. <laughs> interesting he looks intrigued if the if the gentleman makes eye contact with me for whatever reason I will just tip my hat to him and continue watching the performance he'll give you a little nod too and go back to eating like a nut <laughs> some, so some candied sugared pecans yep alright who is in the next act really quick I would like to, at the end of Joan's act, I would like to go towards the stage or wherever she's at, mm -hmm. and I hand her a white napkin to wipe her face. And I say, I don't use napkins. She eats That's the okay. napkin, too. I, she's like, oh, I eat the napkin, too. There we go. Perhaps this is something that I've done before. And I and say, you always eat the napkin. And the I crowd eat the napkin, cheers. and maybe I try and lick Levi's finger a little bit. <laughs> 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 Drops napkin quickly, walks away. <laughs> Barks at you. All right. Uh, I'll go next since since Levi is in the crowd and, and Sandor has stepped off from, from the stream for a hot minute. <laughs> mm. All right. What's going on in the snake dancer's tent? Snake yeah. Tent. So um, it is uh, similarly to to Thenemies, it is low lights warm. It's very warm. Um, braziers with, with fire where she can get them. Um, and she and Mahela have basically like it's they're very in sync physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, and so it's she basically kind of like it's a snake dance it's a mixture of a belly dance and the dangerous like oh hot girl with big dangerous animal oh dear kind of <laughs> act um it's very very purposefully sensual um but especially more so when they're like mm better dressed people in the crowd better dressed folks <laughs> like maybe the snake dips a little low or there's like a tail dingling yeah all right a very sensual snake dance is going on in the tent this tent is mostly men 
there are no children at the time of your performance Correct. right now. <laughs> Thank God. Right. The there kids is are a, like, there's a snake in there. There's the like one little child like, no, 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 who's no, no, just no. like... Yeah, there are definitely signs outside that are like, dangerous snake, and the joke is like, yeah, is it Mahela or Yeva that you need to be scared about? <laughs> are you looking for... Men of interest. Oh, absolutely. She always is. This is a new town, baby. Right. That is a... It is a keep an eye out for trouble move. Oh. Just happens to be the sort of trouble you like. (laughs) Yeah. What is... So that is... Plus guile. Oh, my guile is actually my negative one. No, no! Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Grace. I'm going to use my reroll. Uh, yeah, my top stats are, my plus one stats are grace and bones, and I just upped my grace to Makes a plus sense. two. Makes sense. So oh, um, that's better. It's an eight. An eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a little list of things you can ask me about the contents of the crowd right now. Yes. Um, pick one. Who here is stained by the darkness? Lovely. One man in particular catches your eye toward the back of the crowd. Um, a lot of the guys in the front, you know, they're the louder guys, the younger guys, they're jeering and ooing and eyeing a little bit. Um, but toward the back, you know, there are a few, a few gents who are keeping a lower profile, but nonetheless watching with rapt attention. Uh, one man catches your eye in particular. He's a little older, late thirties, early forties, maybe he's in good shape. Uh, he's well-kept. But what catches your eye in particular is you can see that he is armed. He's got a pistol on his hip. He's the only one in the tent that you've noticed. You don't see a lot of um, a lot of pistols around in these small poor towns. They long since ran out of powder to fire them. Um, and as you're watching him, you watch the small movements he makes when he shifts here or there. And you can see that he has a badge on. This is the town sheriff. That is her target for and the he night. Is, he is very, very intrigued, and even more intriguing to you, he is a little disgusted as he watches. Excellent. All right. What is our next performance? Ben, you or me, bud? Which one? I'll go. So, uh,. Sander is uh, set out outside, probably towards uh, around the back of the. Uh, you know, t- towards towards the uh, towards the front uh, side. He he does his act does tend to draw a little bit bit of a crowd. Best to uh, keep it in the front. He's got bending bars and biting tires and shit. <laughs> Very, very much so just like bending <laughs> lifting he- big things he probably has the one big cartoony just like big double uh barbell he's uh i was and i was thinking about this because of the the one incident he had had where someone had accused him of uh cheating cheating it. Not, uh it being a uh, being a fake he probably has start he starts with one like a smaller heavy thing and he'll like lift it and he'll make a show of it and he'll put that to the side and he'll encourage people to try to uh try and lift it nice. try and move nice it. nice all right all right you get a couple townsfolk come over 
they give it a go. Some of them can, you know, move it a little bit, but not clear it off the ground. The stronger folks among them, some can't budge it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Man, oh. fucking corn husking town folk. <laughs> it, 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 there's actually like, there, there's actually like a, uh, uh, a strong man, like barbell type thing. Troy, you might know about this. It's called the impossible uh, barbell. Yeah, it, I think it's it, also called the axle lift. It's uh no, it's it, so it's actually the the actual word uh name of it is the Thomas Inch dumbbell. Huh. Okay. So it's it's just a 172 pound barbell dumbbell with a ridiculously thick grip. Mm. So I I probably have that because that was actually invented around around this yeah. time. Yeah. Um. I probably have access to that. And like, that's kind of what I put to the, to the side and be like, if anyone wants to try, go for it. Shit. Because you are hyper aware of the particularly breakable things and beings around you. You notice right away when a small boy kind of crawls under the tent flap, like it just, ah, army crawling his way in, you know, circumventing the whole paying ticket punch system at the front there. And he's just laying low. Very young child, six or seven years old. He's just laying at the back, like big eyes, just watching you, like, like amazed <laughs> at what's mm-hmm. going on there. But you're like child in the vicinity. Yeah, like I, I, I am aware the there is a, um, I, I do take notice. I kind of don't point out the child. Like children will be children as long as he doesn't try to like come in. Uh, any closer he's fine where he is like yes paying uh paying customers are key around here but not about to narc on this kid (laughs) just a boy he's like whoa you're like his favorite transformer right now that's how he's looking at you (laughs) yeah i'll probably get that uh that stare uh, in every town, at least from a couple of the kids. Yeah, it's one you're very familiar with. Very normal. Yeah. Um, you get a couple of the townsfolk to take a few wagers with you on lifting things and whatnot. You're doing yeah. the whole pretty typical performance as you're going around. Um, you do see uh, the boy. Um, at one point, he kind of he kind of jerks and he looks behind him. You see the the tent thing kind of ruffle. He like ah, and then he like grabs the kind of the dirt clods and a little bit of grass and something's like trying to drag him through to the other side. He doesn't mm. look terrified. He looks annoyed. <laughs> mm. But eventually like he gets dragged from back out from under the, under the tent. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like uh it's like, Oh, it, a parent finally found him and someone found him. <laughs> Raining him back in. Yep. Cause he, he didn't, give off a uh no he didn't he didn't look terrified or anything he looks like annoyed and kind of like put out yep <laughs> dad five more minutes damn it first the snake lady now this guy can't i watch anyone <laughs> all right let us move to the uh final act levi how is your act going so oh, God. the act the act starts with you know whatever type of introduction they have for my show and um, there is a uh, wooden stage and there is some impromptu sort of curtain. And behind the curtain, there are some rafters. And I'm currently suspended from the rafters 
with some large metal hooks that are placed through the skin and the muscle in my back. They're literally holding my body weight. And when the curtains clear, everything is dark. And then a single um, spotlight shines on the ground. And you see me slowly, I start to repel from the rafters up above. And I'm coming down and I'm completely nude. I'm also genderless, so I don't have any genitalia or anything like that. But you just see this completely emaciated form of this very tall and just gaunt figure. And I just come down and and my eyes are closed. You just see a very white, almost porcelain-like skin tone. And I descend from down from the rafters onto my knees. And I'm just kneeling before the crowd, the audience on my knees and, and on my um, knuckles forward, like on all fours. And I lift up my head and I look into the crowd and I open my eyes. And it's those those penetrating, just celestial, glowing, golden eyes. And I look into the crowd and I don't say a word at this point. I stand up slowly and I kind of uncurl my spine and I stretch to my full height. And I walk over towards some of the props on the stage. And I walk over to a large um, like anvil. And on the anvil, there are these two large railroad spikes and they're connected to these heavy raw iron chains. And I look to the crowd and I kind of give a glance like this. And I people pick up leaving. one of the spikes. <laughs> What's that? Quite a few, quite a few people leave. There's always a few people who leave when you like disrobe. Like that's the moment where you're like, five to ten percent of this crowd is going to get up and walk out. Sure. Um, more than usual leave. It's not everyone. You still do have an audience, but quite a few people actually leave. They cross themselves. Some say a few prayers, uh, sure. and they they GTFO. <laughs> okay. I um. I hold up the railroad spike and I kind of like run it along down like the side of my face and I like lick it with my tongue. And then I take the spike and I place my hand on the anvil and I drive the spike through the center of my hand. And uh, I repeat the, I repeat the process with my, dismay. I repeat the process with my other hand. And I look into the crowd at this point to try to see who are, who are the brave and the few that are still in the crowd here. And I look it, to. There's Go a ahead. mix. There are a few. There are a few. Um, rubes, mostly men at this point, who are just beholding with shock and disgust, and that lured sort of fascination with the morbid. That's mm-hmm. what you typically see in the people who stay and watch. Um, there is also a woman at the back who catches your eye for several reasons. One, she's a woman. Usually, you find that the women in these small towns tend to leave. There's always a couple, but um, so she's one of the few women who has stayed. She's also very unkempt compared to the rest of the crowd. Uh, her hair looks like it hasn't been brushed in months, possibly longer. It's like a giant snarl. She's got layers and layers of clothes piled up on her body rather than proper winter gear. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very thin. She's thinner than the others here. She looks more like the folks that you see in the starving towns. Um, emaciated, hollow. But there's a different kind of hunger in her eyes. She's like drinking in your pain. With almost an empathy, like there's something that she finds familiar in it. Um, And there's a longing and a loneliness and a desire to share that with someone or have it be shared. Um, And that's something that you can see in her eyes. It's not something you often find in crowds or spectators. Real real quick, are we allowed to disclose our unhuman, like, 
origins in nature in our acts? No, not in the acts. The idea of the act is to use your dishuman origins um, and then to disguise the true supernaturalness with glitz. It's to convince them that it is makeup, that it is mirrors, that it is uh, surgeries, profane surgeries that you have undergone. Or, you know, like it's... Okay. The, the, the trick is not in making the unreal seem real. It's in making the real seem a little bit unreal. Okay. So at this point, this is when I normally recruit some crowd participation. So I look to either side of me and I, I gesture over with a single finger to any of the men that are around that are still standing there to come towards me. And oh, no. I, they're all like, nah, nah, men. But the woman in the back stands up. I, um, I look forward at her and again, with my hands kind of bleeding from where I drove the railroad spikes through the center of them, I gesture for her with the single finger to come forward. She comes forward, her chin a little high, perhaps higher than she's held her head this entire performance. Um, as she comes closer to the stage, there is a smaller hook that's on this list of props or whatever. And I come very, very close to her. My face is very close to her face. And I'm holding in my hand the hook. And I hold out one of my hands as it's dripping blood down this railroad spike. And I hold it out as if to grab her hand, if she'll offer it to mine. She does, fearlessly, without hesitation. Again, with just that intense, penetrating stare, I'm looking into this woman's eyes. And I close the hook around her hand. And I slowly take the hook. And I place it through the bottom of my jaw. And it comes out through my mouth in front of her. And a couple I kind of, of the men swear. They're like, fuck, Mad Mary. Fucking. And a couple of them leave. <laughs> and again, just looking at this woman, like unbreaking eye contact. I kind of, um, as she's holding onto the chain that's on the other end of this hook. I give it a little bit of a tug. And perhaps it's with some surprising strength. That she, she might tugs not. too. So that's what I try to get from her. So yeah. I tug to she see if I hesitate. can listen. She gives you a firm tug without hesitation and without testing it. So I allow that to kind of pull. It pulls my body forward and I'm straining. the. You can see all of the sinewy muscles in my body straining against her pulling me forward by the jaw. By my open maw that's just bleeding. While she has you like that, she turns and she looks at the remainder of the crowd. And she says... You deserve no less to all of them. One of them like spins. And um, hmm. she says that and I'm taken aback a little bit, but I'm also in the middle of this performance. So I'm trying not to try not to lose my uh, my focus. Um, I guess um, at that point, I uh, I kind of like slump low to the ground and um I'm like at her whim, like she can pull me forward using this hook if she desires. I'm not resisting anymore. She she puts you down to the ground and she she puts a foot on your shoulder and kind of steps on you all the way to the ground. And then like you're a trout, she kind of fucking wrenches the hook out of your jaw and she turns to the crowd with the hook and she walks toward them and they fucking run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking Levi take a mental his... note of this lady. This lady is... uh. Levi just Pretty got his soulmate. Mm -hmm. She she watches she like watches them go like brandishing this bloody hook, leave just leaving you discarded there. Um, it is at that point, Levi, you notice the child in the back that has been watching this whole time. <laughs> Big kid eyes, core memory, like <laughs> uh, core memory. It's a little girl, I, maybe eight years old. Who keeps losing this kid? 
seeing everything. This is these are different kids. Some of them, some of them, siblings. some of them are the same. <laughs> I look at. I take a moment as I'm still kind of on the ground. She's pressed me down with her foot, and she's since turned away and released me to the crowd. And um, I, I stare down and I look at my hands and I slowly pull the um, railroad spikes from my hands, leaving behind these holes in the center of my palms. And I just kind of close my hands and let the blood flow freely down my wrists. And again, I look up at that, that spotlight still shining on me and it's showing the blood running down my throat, dripping down my chin. It's showing the blood running down my hands, my back where the spikes were through my back. And I just look up at the, um, at the, at that light up above. And I close my eyes. And then shortly after that, the light shuts off and the curtains start to close. You hear the pitter-patter of little feet <laughs> as the child takes off at this point. <laughs> All right. Curtain call on our last performance. Uh, and I think that is where we will leave you all tonight. With the curtain drawn on Levi. Levi's grotesque midnight performance. I feel like I've never had an encore. A woman called Mad Mary holding a bloody hook in her hand. All right. Very good, Amber. That was a great introduction, y'all. Great introduction. Good job, guys. Some threads going. Uh, Thank you, dear viewers, for watching our first of probably two or three sessions of Crossroads Carnival, published by Magpie Games, written by Kate Bullock. It's an amazing game, and in most Magpie fashions, uh, it is right up my alley in particular. Uh, We have some tangled threads to unweave uh, on this tale going forward, so make, make sure you join us again in two weeks, where we will not have Jess, but we will have everybody else, I think. Yep. Yes. I'll be here. Yee yee. Yeah. yee. So uh thank you everyone for, for joining us. Uh, uh yeah, and a couple of folks had asked, yep, we're this is a series, uh another two or three episodes, wherever the the chaos takes us as we make our way through what's easily gonna probably be our weirdest holiday special of all time. Yeah. Find out what is going on. Merry on Christmas. The eve of Christmas it's horrible. in yeah. silence, Oklahoma. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all. <laughs> Uh, if you, if you enjoyed this chaos, uh, you can, you can follow us here on Twitch. It is free. Um, you can also follow us. Or you could use your Bezos box. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch subscription every month. Uh, it, uh, it helps us, uh, because it helps us pay to keep ourselves, uh, on all the podcast apps. Uh, that is where all of the money goes into. It goes right back into, uh, everything we do here. And wow. Amber's Whopper Wednesdays. And Amber's Whopper, Whopper yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I don't think we've quite made. Yeah, we haven't. Enough. We haven't. We haven't made oh, enough money no. for Whopper Wednesday yet. Hold Help fast. us fund the Whopper Wednesday. Hold fast. Hold tight. Real fa- one moment, folks. I have something to show you all. Something for our loyalist viewers, and that Bucks did pay for. <laughs> so while she's going to do that, uh, I don't know what's happening. Uh, you can follow us on all the social medias at DMs After Dark. You can email us at dmsafterdark at gmail.com. Questions, comments, complaints, if you want. Yep, swag. Um, oh, Sunday Mead, thank oh you. Oh, my God. Uh, Sunday Mead, thank you for gifting five tier oh, one subs. Going Damn, to thank you, Sunday Mead. Rainy, Cedric, Power Commitment, Season Up, and Metalhead Rod. Thank you so oh, much. You so much. Uh, we thank you. appreciate that. Um, it it actually alcohol. costs a lot to keep us on all the podcast apps, so we seriously, seriously appreciate that. Um, 
Amber, you want to yes, show off the, the swag? We have swag. We have beautiful laser engraved le- leather at DMs after dark bookmarks for all of your RPG bookmarking needs with cool little D20s on the ends there. Uh, these are going to be going out to some of our our OG uh, viewers and some of the amazing creators that we've worked with and guests and those who have sent in incredible fan art and just blown us away. If you would like, you know who you are, folks. If you would like a DMs After Dark bookmark, uh, just shoot us an address that we can mail it to. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, we have all the good stuff. Uh, you can email us that at dmsafterdark at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to put bookmark in the subject line, that way we can see it when we take a look at it. Uh, some of you we already have plans for and we'll be doing a little pokey poke uh, to, to get some safe information so that we can mail those to you. Um, we appreciate you so much. Um, all of the podcast apps under DMs After Dark, it contains the audio recordings of this, our podcast, podcast modified roles, and the occasional episode of My Sweet Chaos, Baby 1D6, 1D4. And our new podcast of Rainy playing with himself. Which is not what it sounds like, but I'm never going to let him live that name down. Rainy Possibly is... one of the most family friendly offerings that we have. Yeah. Objectively, yes. <laughs> well, uh, we have. All ages to watch Rainy play with himself. <laughs> <laughs> it might... Oh no. Oh no. Well, Alright. Um, on that note, uh, <laughs> thank you everyone again for watching and joining us for this. We will be back in two weeks for episode two. Uh, until next time, be a little freak. Be a little nasty. It's good Let your freak fly, fly. Be a little nasty with it. <laughs> <A little> nasty. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>